0: Hello. It is Thursday, June 20th, 2019. Time is flying. Tomorrow's the summer solstice. Longest day of the year, they say. Mm -hmm. Cannot wait for that and cannot wait for you to hear today's episode. We have an interview with a guy that doesn't talk much, Mm -mm. is a big name, and is a man who's going to come back with a vengeance. And whenever he's doing that, you'll get a chance to see him if you'd like. Get a ticket to one of his games. Get a ticket to an event where he's going to dominate because there's only one ticket-buying platform on planet Earth
1: and (laughs) the The moon. moon!
0: Aliens are living inside of it. Yep. You called it. I did. I did.
1: Mm -hmm. I saw the article.
0: Election night, biggest news of the night. I called five months in advance. Mm Mm-hmm. Aliens inside the moon—I've been calling for about a year and a half in advance. Easily, it's hard. It is hard breaking all the biggest news. And also, I saw a video from Elon Musk basically saying he was an alien. So, uh,
1: <laughs> Avengers movie. Oh, <laughs> another one. I another about one. that one. I
0: mean, I completely forgot about that. Come on. Let <sighs> me calling the Raptors when it fucking yeah. Nostradamus
2: no <laughs> over here. Speaking of well, the right,
0: Raptors. <clears throat> Sorry. The Raptors winning. <laughs> I predicted. You called it, that one. Didn't yeah, you? I called. Uh, her. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. There was other people in the office that said the Milwaukee Bucks were going to win. All right. Uh, they took a stand and said the Milwaukee Bucks. And there was
3: other people that actually said, "Hey, t- I'm going to take the field. You guys take the Warriors." <laughs> and you know what? Bunch of you fish bit. <laughs> well, I mean, Bunch thing, you fish bit. Yeah, but the the problem with there's that, no problem. There's no problem. <laughs> it's it's documented. It's on air. It's it's okay. You're on. You're on. Okay, good. By the way, before this Pittsburgh trip, I am going to H and R.
0: You go to H and R. We'll also go to H and R yep. to talk about. The guy who's trying to claim that he won a bet said the Milwaukee
3: Bucks were going to win the NBA and title. And once they were out, then a new bet started, yeah, brother. But what we're
0: saying is you, you, you just, you, you just, H and R is going to be sick of your shit too. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you know what I mean? That's fine. You can confirm.
3: How much do we owe you? Eighty. Everybody owes you eighty. Well, it was four to one. I gave you on the twenty, so I was paying you guys twenty bucks a piece when the Warriors won, or if somebody else won, you guys were paying me eighty bucks a team okay. a, 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 a pick. And Ty Schmidt, don't think I'm not looking at you.
4: <laughs> That's fine, Ty. Your, your bet was null and void. and you got a King Suite this weekend. So yeah. wait, 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 Null and void. Yeah,
3: and you. F-
0: yeah, and we almost we had to move hotels because yep. Gorman refused <laughs> to stay in a. Double room.
3: I know. I know your CFO is burying me when he talks to you on the phone. But if, if if he goes back to the email, I'm happy to pay for my own room.
0: That's not what we do. Thank here. you. That's well, not I, what I, we do I'm here. you saying yeah. team. We're a team. We're one dream, baby. Speaking of team, joining our team today is a guy from Canada. Shout out to Gumpy making the trip to the states. Yeah, he will never be a citizen here because the process of becoming a citizen here is not just tough on the southern border. By the way, uh, we've learned the northern border is also different. Happy to see Gumpy still alive because Gumpy paint ships for a living and inhales toxic fumes on a nightly basis, but he'll be with us this weekend for a tour. Can't wait for that. And we can't wait to sell tickets on SeatGeek because right now you use promo code PAT. You get $10 off your first order. Promo code McAfee, you get $20 off your first order. SeatGeek is the greatest ticket buying platform on planet Earth and the moon because they scour and scan all the other ticket buying platforms to make sure you're getting the best ticket at the best price. And the ticket that you buy is the ticket that you get. There's no catfishing with SeatGeek because they're good people selling great tickets to immaculate humans like yourself. Shout out SeatGeek for being the presenting sponsor. Also, I was entrenched in a war. Oh, for four days. No, no, no. Dug my heels into the microphone. I am not a go to war guy.
2: Nope.
0: I am not a let's have beef guy. Nope. I am not a I want to waste my energy on something that doesn't bring me happiness guy. No. But what had happened on the internet this past weekend on my Twitter account and my Instagram, every man has his limits. Yep. I decided I had to go to war with the United States Golf Association for trying to kick me off of Twitter for a video that I created, a video that I commentated on. A video that I posted onto my Twitter and Instagram. A video that led me to become the top influencer for the U.S. Open. The biggest golf tournament of the year. And the USGA attempted to ban me from social media. I dug my heels and I said, I will not stand for this. Because if you stand for nothing, you will fall
4: for for anything. For anything. The French
0: said that. Mm -hmm. They didn't say
4: that, actually. They just did it. They,
0: Yeah, they're the example. Mm -hmm. We should have put an I-E before you said French. I-E, the French. French. Sorry to our French listeners.
2: Merci beaucoup.
0: I've checked our demographic. Not a lot
2: of them. (laughs) Correct.
0: Today, an armistice was signed between myself and the USGA. The USGA reached out to me twice today letting me know that they had made a mistake that they are very sorry for what had happened that they are reaching out to Twitter to get the DMCA and the strike off of my record they wanted to implore me and ask me to continue to make these types of videos and they are sorry for what had happened and the miscommunication over the weekend so I would like it to say on the record that I officially am 100% Friends with the USGN.
5: Hey. Wow. wow. Look at you. Now you need them, talk them to talk the R- to the RNA so that you're able to do these videos for the Open.
0: Yep. We'll see what happens in the future. They were very kind, very nice. They were polite. And I would like to say that all wars come to an end. This one came to a proper ending. Mm-hmm. Two sides met and chatted. They sent their representatives, two of them, to chat with me. We talked it out, we handled it, everything's good to go, and I am very thankful for the USGA handling it in this situation. Do I think they personally attacked me? Yes. I do. Sure. Mm -hmm. Do I think this ending happens without me publicly going to war? No. No way. So was this all for naught? Absolutely not. I appreciate everybody that listened and tagged USGA. I appreciate everybody that found that video, which was hilarious. You found it hilarious. I'm very thankful for you. And I'm very thankful for the USGA understanding, giving me a call, and straightening things out. We are no longer at odds with the USGA, which is better for everybody. Very thankful for them. Great. Shout out to the USGA. Honestly. Gary Goldman has a joke. I don't remember the exact words, and I can't deliver it anywhere near as good as him. But he said, old people back in the day never complained about anything, so there was never any advancements. They used those shitty phones for so long where they had to... Until one generation came around and was like, this phone sucks. <laughs> and then that made an advancement. And now we have a computer as a phone. Back in the day, computers used to be the size of rooms. And there was never a complaint about how big it was. So they were just like, yeah, we have a computer. It's good. Until a generation came through and started complaining about things that made real changes. I appreciate... I don't like complaining. I don't like going to war. But if it wasn't for this, I do believe, and it wasn't for you people listening, I don't believe... This relationship I'm about to have with the USGA would ever be possible. So thank you for that. Thank you to the USGA for understanding. Now let's get to the best basketball conversation we've ever had on this show. If you don't like basketball, that's okay. I think you're going to love this conversation. Zito has a question. Swish. It's a statement. He was just holding his hand up.
1: Ready for the shot. That's on me. It was folded back. You missed. Zit from deep. Swish.
0: Basketball Zit.
1: Good. (laughs) Brick Come on
0: (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen Possibly joining us now Is a man from Brownsburg, Indiana He played his college basketball at the prestigious Butler University right here in Indianapolis, Indiana. While he was there, he led the Bulldogs to a Final Four, then a national championship, merely missing by a sixteenth of an inch to win a natty for the Bulldogs. He then went to Utah. Now he's with the Boston Celtics. He found a great barber. Ladies and gentlemen, possibly Gordon Hayward.
6: Hey, what's up, Pat? How you doing?
0: Is this actually Gordon Hayward? I got a lot of questions. You you text me with a green text message. I got your phone number literally from a random guy at a bar here in Indianapolis. I'm kind of mind blown by the whole thing. I'm a big fan. I hope it's the case. Is this actually Gordon Hayward?
6: This is actually Gordon Hayward. Um, I don't know why you're so upset about the, the color of the text bubbles you got to have to get over
0: that. It's 2019, Gordon. (laughs) You are a wealthy man. Anytime a blue text message doesn't show up, I'm immediately disgusted. But when it comes from one of the most handsome professional athletes, I guess I can overlook it. Let's get right into this, Gordon. I was reading into you, and I got a chance to learn about you because when I was with the Colts, the Butler Bulldogs were the topic of conversation here in Indianapolis. So much fun, so much energy. And when you guys are making those runs, it was an incredible thing thing you came out of high school from a local team here was butler your only school that offered you aside from tennis obviously but for basketball how did you end up at butler and how did you end up a bulldog
6: yeah so i grew up obviously in brownsburg which is which is close to butler but my parents were both uh, purdue grads um so i was like brainwashed my whole life to go to purdue and that's that's what i wanted to do uh play basketball at purdue and um I, I can remember i think i was a freshman or a sophomore and my dad was asking me like hey w- hey what do you think about butler and i was like yeah i'd never go there like i'm <laughs> never gonna go to butler uh there's no way i i thought they were a d2 school uh to be honest at the time um and you know kind of one thing led to another and i ended up taking an official visit to butler and fell in love with it and coach stevens and their whole program but Besides them, I got offered by Purdue and uh, I got offered by IUPUI, but those that, that was about it. So. I was, I was a late bloomer.
0: Well, the Butler run that you guys had was magical, to say the least, especially for the national championship to happen here in Indianapolis. The entire state of Indiana was behind you. You go on and be the ninth pick for the Utah Jazz. When you got to the NBA, did you assume that you were going to be able to pick it up as easy? Did you expect some troubles, or were you excited to translate into the NBA game?
6: Uh, I didn't really know what to expect. Like I think You know, I I always had a dream of playing in the NBA. I I didn't necessarily, like, think or know that it was going to happen. Certainly didn't think I would leave early from college. Um, And then, you know, to be honest, after you, like, when we went to the title game, you know, the next probably four or five months was just like a, a whirlwind. I mean, it was immediate, like, two weeks afterwards, you know, I thought about what I wanted to do. We decided that I was going to leave and and try to go play in the NBA and as soon as you know we decided that then you're thrown into um you know pre-draft stuff you're going to combine then you're going to you're going all the way you know around the country doing different workouts just trying to play your best basketball going from one to the next um I think I ended up doing 14 or 15 plus workouts for different teams um and so they they, I wasn't like a guy that was like, oh, this dude's going to be, you know, a top 10 pick. Like I was projected anywhere from like five to like 25. Um, and so I had no clue where I was going to go, where I was going to be. Um, and then, you know, Utah drafted me and immediately after you get drafted, you know, you kind of get thrown into summer league and you're then just trying to, um, you know, survive your best school at the next level. So I I didn't really have time to think about what it was going to be like, or if I was going to struggle, or if I was, it was going to be easy. I kind of was just going in with the mindset of, you know, I got a lot of work to do. This is now my job and just try to get better, you know, year by year.
0: Okay. So if I have this right, basketball, it's a little bit different than every other sport. You can kind of test the waters of going professional, and then you can decide not to go. You're being projected 5-25, to and you still decided to go instead of come back to Butler. Is there any reason you decided to do that other than just completely betting on handsome Gordon Hayward?
6: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I think with, with basketball especially, you know if you're projected to go in the first round you're guaranteed two you know two years on a on an n b a roster and it's almost like you you have to go um because if you don't you know and then your game's just gonna be scrutinized over for the next year and on top of that you're you're gonna get you know a whole other class of freshmen um and everybody in the n b a loves potential and um that whole thing and so if you if you wait you kind of uh um it's almost you know you got you might get injured you never know what's gonna happen so it was, was kind of just a decision like hey we got we got to go try this let's just go you know bet on yourself and just try it.
0: Okay, so this will be airing uh, tomorrow, which tonight is the draft. What are the feelings for people that are going into the NBA? In the NFL draft, the first round is basically figured out. I'd assume the same thing in the NBA, although you said it's a big question mark. What are the thoughts? Like, for instance, I mean, there's a lot of movement that happens in the NBA. What do you think the guys are thinking going into tonight? Is it something they're just going to try to enjoy, or is there a world of pressure on everybody going into draft night? And how did you handle that whole thing? Were you with your family? Were you at the draft? How did you handle it
6: all? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's like so different, like a person, like each individual has such a different story of the draft and kind of how it works. I mean, I think initially, you know, you're projected in a certain range it's kind of, okay, I think I'm going to go in the first round, but then, you know, based on how you're, how you did at the combine, based on how you're doing at workouts and you know, if you go work out for one team, all the other teams talk. So it's, it's almost like each workout you're working out for everybody um and then you kind of get a sense, you know, through your agent like okay, we kind of have, you know, an agreement with this team at 12, like they're definitely going to take you at 12 if nobody else, you know, takes you beforehand. Um and usually if you get one of those type of, you know, agreements or whatever, you kind of you kind of know that you're going to get picked and so then you can decide do I want to go to New York or do I want to stay and, you know, do something with my family or whatever and um, for me, my agent, um, said, or had a, you know, a strong feeling that I was going to be drafted, um, in the lottery and which is one through 14. And so then we, he was like, Hey, let's go to New York. It'll be fun. You know, we can see the city and it's an experience you only get to you know do once. So, um, I think when I'm sitting there though, I was with my, my whole family and my agent and you're sitting at these tables and other than kind of knowing, I think I was going to be you know, at a couple of spots, I still, it's not like I i had a, like I knew I was going to go to Utah or anything like that. So you're still kind of sitting there and I knew I wasn't going to be like top five. And so that, that part's easy. But then after that, you know, my name could be called at any point in time and you're kind of just like sitting there like anxious. Like, where am I going to be the next, you know, part of my life? Like it's life changing. And, um, so that part is definitely nerve wracking. And, you know, then right before, uh, Utah picked, you know, we got a call, and Mark was like, all right, this is, this is going to be you. This is going to be you right here. And then, you know, it's a circus after that. <laughs>
0: the, the thought of potentially becoming an Aaron Rodgers or Brady Quinn oh. or Johnny Manziel in the draft room is... I think that's my nightmare, by the way, especially after what you had just accomplished with Butler with the, and I said this in the intro, you, a sixteenth of an inch away mm. from winning a natty with one of the most spectacular shots in the history of college basketball. If you have one of those draft moments, I couldn't even imagine the pundits being like, Gordon Hayward has been through enough. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> that whole,
6: right. Yeah. Uh, you're I t- mean, it's definitely, you definitely, I mean, it, you're definitely thinking that in the back of your mind, but I think that's kind of where, you know, hopefully your agent has talked to these teams and you kind of know like all right, I think I'm pretty good.
0: As somebody who doesn't follow the AAU and the the basketball come up as much as uh, others probably do and I host a sports podcast, so it's probably something I should do, <laughs> but Um, when these Europeans get drafted out of fucking nowhere, like out of nowhere, do the other players, yourself included, like know about them going into the draft? Have you ever seen them before? Have you played with them before? Or is it a a curveball for you guys as well? It's like, well, who knows who the hell this guy is. He's going to get a couple million dollars more than me because he played against four-foot-tall white guys over in Greece.
6: (laughs) I mean, I think there's... There's always guys like, I think last year was a good example, like Luka Doncic. Like, I, I'm sure everybody knew who he was because he was such a big story. But there's always guys that seem like they get picked, like, like you said, it's literally out of nowhere and they're picked like 11 or 12. And you're like, I've never heard of this guy at all. And you're like, looking and like, looking at your agent, like, who is this? And he's like, man, I don't know who that is either. Like, they must have <laughs> just found him. And, um, certain teams I think have, you know, European scouts that, um, probably do. You know, better job than others at finding guys, and I will say there's there's always sometimes like I I think that teams kind of have agreements with agents, and this might be more of a case over in Europe than than here, just because it's it's I think easier to kind of protect against them. But sometimes if the team really likes a player, I mean they can say like, hey, don't work out for anybody. Like I don't want you doing anything. We're going to draft you at this spot, um, and we don't want any of other teams to see you. You know, so sometimes I guess it could be something like that. But there's always guys that just come out of nowhere for sure.
0: Okay, so you get drafted. Have you seen Zion play? Obviously, you don't live under a rock. You got 45 kids, all girls. I saw the (laughs) the gender reveal, which was awesome, by the way. You got judged pretty hard by the internet. Daddy's always happy, man. congrats on uh another girl by the way and i assume you're gonna yeah, have an, a, you're gonna have another one at some point as well so congrats on another girl again
6: <laughs> um well i <laughs> you know i talked with uh philip rivers about about some things and i meant he mentioned that he started with three girls are you gonna but start I, hold on, in, are,
0: are you starting an entire farm of kids like philip rivers has yeah see that
6: <laughs> see that's the thing i'm sure he wasn't worried about it when he was going for an 11 12 kids or whatever he's got like <laughs> I am sur- I don't think I'm doing that, no.
0: You stopped in Utah for a bit and decided to have 45 kids.
6: <laughs>
0: I respect it. The Mormons didn't deserve that. Um, my friends are Mormons. All respect. Uh, oh, Jesus. Okay, so have you seen Zion, though? In Do you think his game? Oh, yeah. That, he's incredible, isn't
6: he? Uh, yeah, I mean, when you watch him, I haven't seen him in person, but watching it on TV and seeing some of his highlights, it's like, it's just like not fair. I mean, some of the things he's able to do, I mean, he should be, I mean, it's like, he should be on the football field. Like the, the, the weight that he has and his ability to move and explode up to the rim. I mean, I mean, I think he's going to be, I mean, he's a game changer as soon as he steps on the court. So, I mean, I think as long as he doesn't get, get hurt, I think he's going to be, I, think he's, I mean, he's going to certainly sell tickets. Um, to whoever has them, but, the, but beyond that, and, and highlight reels, but beyond that, I think he's, he's a game changer. And, and in the NBA, it's going to be even, you know, there's more space, there's, there's better playmakers, guys are um, faster, and, you know, so he's going to, I think he's going to have his way.
0: We interrupt this incredible conversation with Gordon Hayward to let you know that the old school way of buying an engagement ring does not cut it
1: anymore. I thought elephants create diamonds. It'd like they shit them out? Like they like, sit on something, and the pressure from that creates a diamond.
2: That's oh, your mom. <laughs> like, look,
1: like a <laughs> pearl from an oyster? Off. Yeah, that's yeah. what I
0: thought. You thought diamonds came from? Elephants. Well, fun fact, they don't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can we say that for sure, though?
0: We can Pretty for sure, sure say can. that because there is a new company creating diamonds oh. that do it in a completely new fashion oh. that are absolutely <laughs> ethical and environmentally, morally sound.
2: Wow. All right.
0: Couple.co. That's C couple. O. Co. The old school way of buying an engagement ring does not cut it anymore. mm Zito was completely wrong about elephants creating diamonds. It's actually a much more brutal way of getting the diamonds than Zito's little mind could even fathom. Is that
1: right, Zito? Yep, I'm searching it right now.
0: Don't. <laughs> Don't. The only thing you need to, to search is couple.co. Couple.co are lab-grown diamonds that match a earth-mined diamond all the way down to the smallest Adam.
3: Wow. Wow. It's awesome. Insane.
0: It is awesome. Completely changing the game on how diamonds are made. The quality is next level. Couple.co only sells exceptional diamond quality. The difference with higher graded characteristics can only be observed in a lab, not with the naked eye. Each Couple.co diamond and ring goes through a 12-step quality control process to make sure this is the case. Couple.co is flipping the diamond game on its head. If you're in this room and there's a lot of pressure on you to potentially get an engagement ring, I would implore you, nay, motivate you to go to Couple.co. Let me tell you why, Diggs. Bye Pep. You can buy
5: online. I see that.
0: No more bouncing around from store to store like I had to do. Getting stressed out. Am I getting ripped off right now? <sighs> I don't, I don't got a goddamn fucking little eyeglass thing like the guy from Monopoly. I don't, I don't know what I'm looking at. What, do I get my iPhone flashlight on it to see what colors bounce back? I don't know any of that stuff. Am I getting ripped off? Probably. Possibly. Who knows? All I'm looking to do is say I love you forever, and now there's a company that's looking out for you and you can do it online. Couple.co simplifies the engagement ring buying process by doing the hard work for you. By cutting out the middlemen or women wholesales, Couple.co enables you to get a 35% larger diamond versus a mine diamond of the same price. The diamond concierge customization service and innovative packaging create a personalized experience. So go to couple.co forward slash Pat and try out their diamond concierge and customization service. You can jump on the phone with someone today who will help you walk through the process and help you get a bigger, better quality diamond in the perfect ring. Again, that is couple.co forward slash Pat to make this process stress-free for the first time in human history. Go to couple.co forward slash pat these diamonds are a truth oh yeah i wish i would have known about them before i got the they, look, they look great they, they do look great they're great priced and ethically and morally signed no elephants are hurt that's right cedo thank you no elephants hurt we're hurt in this conversation with gordon hayward either. let's get back to it so in nba coaches don't always get the credit that other mm-hmm. professional coaches get, right? I mean, I literally sat behind the Miami Heat bench while they were playing the Indiana Pacers in the finals, and I watched Eric Spolstra hold a dry erase marker to a dry erase board and not move it one time during an entire timeout. And I think that kind that kind of gets talked about a lot, where they're like, the athletes make the plays, the athletes make the plays. But Steve Kerr, if you watch what he has been able to do with the Golden State Warriors after Jackson leaves, and Brad Stevens with Boston, I think coaching can really help, maybe not even in the games kind of let the guys do their things but in practice do you think the 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 coaching in the NBA is going to be able to change a player like Zion into a very much well-rounded player and for you what did it do for you coming out of Butler to make you a more full-rounded player when you don't have to worry about faking through school not that you would but I'm saying other people (laughs) and just fully focusing on basketball
6: yeah I mean I think I think you hit it like perfectly I think being able to just only like play basketball and work on your game, um, is huge, especially for a young player, just able to develop. So, I mean, I think there's, it's like the, the results speak for themselves with the, with the teams and the coaches that they have. I mean, you look at the Spurs, them developing players, um, the Jazz have done a great job developing guys. And so it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's the coach and then the coaching staff, and then also just the culture of, um, you know, bringing in guys and, and being able to kind of develop their games and, um, as you would say, you know, making guys more well-rounded. I think um, I think that there should actually be, like, I think teams should employ almost like a redshirt program sometimes um, for guys like they have in college where, you know, you draft an 18-year-old or a 19-year-old who, you know, maybe isn't all the way ready to, to play NBA games um, and you literally just let them, like, lift the whole year, you know, eat right the whole year. Um, You can even throw them down again, play in some of the G League games or only play in practice, whatever. And you're giving somebody a whole year just to train, like you could come back and just be a monster. Like, I think that would be incredible for somebody that's, you know, 18, 19, still growing.
0: Yeah, the guys are so young getting in the NBA. They just have so much talent, yourself included. I mean, you went to college two years, and you end up, you couldn't even have a – not that you do, but you couldn't even have a legal drink yet, and you're in the NBA, and now you're expected to help a franchise win games. The NBA, the way it operates, and I think the NFL should at some point, obviously. If a guy's good enough to make the NFL, let him go. But that is a crazy thought to think like, hey, there's some maturing that has to happen both physically, emotionally, and mentally to become a full pro, and maybe we shouldn't judge him as hard early let him get better. I think that's a brilliant idea by you speaking of growing and and maturing both uh physically and emotionally so what you just found a barber and then became like the (laughs) hottest guy on earth when he got rich what happened with this whole thing
6: uh i really did like i was going to to great cliffs like that was you know the deal my mom just took me to great cliffs and just got the normal haircut got out of the shower you know just whatever you're you're ready to go and um I think originally my wife was like, hey, you should come see uh, this, this guy that I go to. He cuts men's hair, too. And at the time, I was like, no, nah, hell no, no way. I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, um, But I ended up just going and do, getting the haircut. And I think when you have a good haircut and, you know, you, you just like the way that it makes you feel and um, kind of just start from there.
0: Look good, feel good,
6: <laughs> feel good, play there good. There you go.
0: Play good, pay good pay good, live good, live good, die good. And that's all we're trying to do here. Speaking of...
6: So you added some, some to that. I didn't know those, those other things you added on.
0: Well, Deion, like Deion Sanders had that first batch there. And then the live good, die good thing, it's really all we're about here. If I can add a little something to the, one of the greatest football players of all time, it feels good. But I remember whenever you were up for free agency coming out of Utah, and all the talk was about how, A, how attractive you got in Utah because it seemed like people had forgot about you and how you were this highly sought-after free agent. Brad Stevens ends up in Boston. Is was there any chance of you going anywhere else other than to, to rekindle with uh, Brad Stevens again?
6: Um. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I took three visits. I took one to Miami, took one to Boston, and then met with the Utah guys in in San Diego, and all, all three of them were. Um. I I think I remember calling my agent after all of them being like, yeah, this is, I'm, I'm going here. I went to Miami first and I remember calling him and thinking like, this is the spot. Like, well, I don't have to, let's cancel the other ones. I'll just, I'll just sign right now. And you know, he's like, no, 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 no. We gotta, he's like, you're going to feel that way after all these. Um, and so there's definitely a chance that I, you know, wouldn't have ended up in Boston. I think, um, it was a it was an unbelievably hard decision for me to make. Um, but you know, it was just, um, familiarity with with brad and um i loved the way that the boston team was set up and uh, i liked danny a lot as well and so um that's 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 kind of then i just you know decided to make that decision but um there was very well could have ended up in the other two what what makes
0: Brad Stevens such a good coach? What is it? Obviously, basketball IQ is something that everybody has to have if they're going to become an NBA head coach. What he did at Butler was miraculous to say the least. You thought they were a D2 school and you lived in Indianapolis and then they go on this run. What makes Brad Stevens <laughs> such a good coach, especially because there are some teams there that weren't great, that Brad Stevens literally coached to, to victories. What makes Brad so good uh, at being a basketball head coach? Because he's so young too. I mean, he looks like a child.
6: Yeah, uh, I mean, I think more than anything, and I always get this. Everyone always asks me, like, what makes Brad such a good coach, and I, I think more than anything with him is his preparation, like his work ethic. Like, I mean, he works at it, and he's. I've never been around a coach that's that's more prepared than him. Um, and he was the same way in college. We would, I, I can remember in college going over plays because you have you have more time to prepare in college for teams you're only playing it twice a week. And I can remember um, going over plays against. Um, you know, against our team and he would tell the other team, okay, this is how they're going to guard an out-of-bounds play. Um, and so you guys have to guard like that. And then he would bring us over and he'd draw up a play and he'd say, hey, they're going to switch the first one. So you're going to slip and then somebody's going to help over and then the the, the skip pass across is going to be wide open. He's going to fall asleep on the backside. And I'd take the ball out and I'm thinking to myself, like, no way this works exactly like that. And <laughs> sure enough, that's exactly what would happen. Um, and, and that comes from like like preparing, watching the film, like seeing exactly what they're going to do, watching, you know, every clip that they've, they've done in different situations. And so when he gets into the, the moment and he actually does have to call a play or draw something, like he's already done it in his head or we've already practiced it. And so it's easy at that point in time. So, it's, um, certainly I think he's, you know, got some, some natural, um, you know, basketball IQ like he played, but more than anything, I think it's a preparation. Uh,
0: so you end up with Boston back with Brad Stevens And it starts in a terribly unlucky fashion. I mean, just absolutely the worst possible thing happens, and I don't want to pile on it. Obviously, you had to live through it. That is nowhere near how you thought this new, I mean, it's your dream coming true, right? A massive contract. Now you're you're in a massive city, you're in a storied franchise, and boom, in the first quarter of everything, how your life is supposed to go, in your next chapter of your life, everything changes, and now the focus becomes straight back to rehab and getting back on the court. What has been the most challenging thing about that whole thing? And you, you literally stumbling out of the blocks here with Boston, both mentally and physically physically the rehab was probably terrible uh mentally it's probably tough to get over how has been the process of kind of dealing with that both mentally and physically
6: yeah I man i can't lie about it. it's it been it's, it's brutal um it, especially like you said you know i i made a, a really I, I gave up a lot to come to boston and um you know first first game of the year go down and i've never had a bad injury like that so that was the first one um and so, you know, thankful that we have the modern medicine that we do today to be able to, you know, get me back out on the court, but also well, to have a support staff that I had and, you know, having my wife and the girls to help you through it mentally because there's definitely times where you just you just want to quit and um you're like this this isn't, you know, this isn't fun, this isn't worth it, but it's um it's a job and you you get through it and I think probably the most frustrating thing was feeling like you know, I got back on the court, but not being able to, you know, do some of the things that I had remembered doing kind of my whole life. And then when I was in Utah and um, I think people also, so kind of that feeling of, okay, I'm back now. I should go right back to the way I was. And um, there's uh, it, I guess there was people forget that I was, it, there was going to be an adjustment period regardless of if I got hurt or not. Cause you're, you're coming to a new team, new players, new system, the whole deal. And so on top of coming back from the injury, I had to deal with coming back, you know, and dealing with that stuff, um, the new system and new team. And, um, so this certainly was very frustrating and, um, you know, still doing my rehab exercises today on my ankle. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's going to be something that I just deal with for, for the rest of my career. But, um, I mean, it, it's one of those things, it is what it is, and you got to try to just use it to make, make you stronger. Um, you know, going to be exciting to get back out there again next year.
0: Did it scare you whenever you came back? Did it scare you? Were you like, you know what, I've never had that type of injury before, now I know what's possible? Was there a mental hurdle that either you're still battling right now or whenever you were first getting back into it this past year, like, oh, shit, this could happen again, or something terrible could happen again? Was that a mental hurdle that you were having?
6: Yeah, it was definitely a a little bit of a mental hurdle, uh, basically trying to go into the paint and not just, you know, shoot a floater, like trying to attack bigs, trying to challenge them at the rim, Um, going up for an alley-oop. I remember the first time that I went for an alley-oop and it was just in, you know, like with one other person, nobody else was on the court. And, you know, that took, um, like, I I remember I went up the first time and then, like, I didn't jump and I was like, okay, hold on, let me, let me redo that. Let me, let me try this again. um I mean all all those little things and uh then even when you're you're practicing like there's nothing like a game so getting back in front of the fans um being in front of you know the whole arena um and having the confidence to go and try to finish and attack the basket like that was something that I didn't know was going to take as long as it did um and so for sure I was dealing with that at the beginning of the season and I think I'm at a point now where it just takes reps, honestly. It takes reps of just doing it and doing it and doing it. And, you know, I think falling down, getting bodied and then landing on my foot awkwardly to where it's like, okay, yeah, no, it's fine. Like, you know, I, I, I it's, it's strong, it's healthy. Like, I don't need to worry about it anymore. But your mind has to go through those mental reps too, not just, you know, your ankle. I do. Um, and so.
0: I didn't even think about you having to adjust to a new team too, like because the signing happens there and you don't even get a chance to kind of gel. It's not like, okay, boys, when I get back, we're going to do exactly what we did. I didn't even think about that. You you compound that with the mental hurdle and the physical thing. It's no wonder that you struggled this past, not struggled, but I mean, you didn't have the year you had in Utah this past year and almost, now there's a lot of drama in the NBA. I I think the NBA might be the most drama-filled league of all time, (laughs) but now with, with all these things that are happening moves and trades and opting out you and Tatum are now the face of the franchise again. Is that something you're excited for? That type of challenge to, to be like hey I'm the guy up here with Tatum uh, and Brad but hey I'm the guy of this storied franchise in Boston now. I don't care who wants to come play with us, who doesn't want to play with us. I have faith in the coach to be able to put a scheme together for us to win and I'm ready to ride. Is that kind of the mindset now that you're back in being the face of uh, one of the most historical basketball franchises in the history of the game
6: uh you know what i think for me it's like i've been on a just like just focused on trying to get myself um the strongest the fastest the the quickest i've ever been and and not worrying about other things right now there's like you said man the nba it's things can change like overnight um and so the draft who knows what's going to happen um you you got to really control what you can control and and for me that's getting in there every morning, getting my work, my lift, um doing my rehab when I'm at home, really trying to be um you know really diligent about that stuff and uh, at the end of the day it doesn't for me I'm I'm just trying to help us win basketball games. I, I came to Boston to try to win an NBA championship and that's still the ultimate goal and um you know whether or not it's um you know it doesn't matter to me who's at the face of the the team or or anything like that. Um, I, like you said, I trust the, the organization to um, put a team together that can try to help us do that, and I trust you know the coaching staff and everybody that I'm working with. And um, like I said, man, I, I'm super excited to get get back at it again next year.
0: Who's he? Who's some people uh, or some players on the Celtics? Because you got to watch a lot of the practices, I assume, and got to watch a lot whenever you're injured. And even last year, as you're trying to get back in it, who are some younger players that Celtics fans should be excited about that are going to potentially get some shine this upcoming year?
6: Um. Well, I think I mean a, a lot. Of, everybody saw a lot of our younger players in action. We we had a so our team was so deep. Um, I think throughout the year, I think different guys had different times where they really shine. Um, you know, I think certainly, like you just said, I mean, I don't know what our team's going to look like come next season. Uh, but I, I have had a chance. Uh, Rob Williams has been in the gym um, with me this summer, and I think he's somebody that you know, as long as he continues to work. Um, there's definitely an adjustment when you are in college and then when you get to the NBA, you gotta, you gotta learn how to have the right work ethic and, and how to be a professional. And I think he's somebody where the sky's the limit for him, man. I mean, he's, he's, he's long and athletic, jumps effortlessly up, you know, to block shots or to catch lobs. And he's somebody that I've been, like I said, I've been in the gym with. And, um, you know, I'm hoping that he, uh, continues to work and continues to progress. And I think he can be, you know, a monster. Do you
0: you have a green you get green text message so do you have the internet on your phone <laughs>
6: Do you, uh, do you ever look at reviews for phones or anything like that? Or you just like blindly go into the Apple store and just pick the newest thing? Like, is that, Gordon, that's what you're about?
0: Yeah, I am blindly walking <laughs> right towards the Apple and I don't like the Tim Cook era here. I'm a Steve Jobs guy. I've been around since uh terrible dad, Steve Jobs was running the whole thing. Uh, brilliant mind. But do you, do you follow along with the drama or do you, are you one of those guys who kind of lives in your own world and doesn't read the press clippings or anything like that?
6: um you're talking about the nba
0: or yeah i'm talking about nba just and, and i say this as a person who literally lives on the internet the nba has more bullshit associated with it whenever it comes to egos and drama and then talking heads making up storylines and then this happening and this happening do you follow along with any of that or do you kind of just live in your own world i got 45 kids i just got to get better at basketball
6: Uh, Yeah, that's where I'm at. I mean, I had to, I I have a Twitter and I have an Instagram and you'll see me post every once in a while, but I also have, you know, people that help me with that stuff. And so I had to get off of Twitter, especially when I got injured. That was one of the the things for me is I was on Twitter and I was, you know, reading what people are saying and the Instagram comments and all this stuff. And, you know, I I was talking with um, um, a sports psychologist and we both kind of were like, "Let's just get you off of that stuff." Like, so I haven't, I don't follow any of that anymore. Like, I don't, I don't read any of the articles about our team. You know, I, I a lot of times like, um, you know, my friends like text me and say, "Hey, did you just see this happen?" I was like, "No, I didn't." Like, <laughs> you want to fill me in? Like, that's, I, I just, I don't look at it at all. Um, you know, I'm looking at uh disney world and what are the best rides that my girls are going on and you know, what's the height requirement which one's going to bitch the most of this or that and i mean that's the stuff that i'm focused on and so i mean it's it's something that i just had to stay away from the basketball side
0: the avatar ride by the way is the one man that ride is incredible yeah, that
6: is true that's very true flight of passage oh it's so
7: good dude
0: it is so good um, I uh, I can't thank you enough, dude. You've been incredible. There's a couple guys in the room who are massive fans. They have some questions as well. If you have like another two, three minutes, is that okay?
6: Yeah, sure, man. Shoot,
0: appreciate you,
2: hey Gordon. Um, I'm a Hoosier as well. And growing up as a kid in Brownsburg, five eleven, your freshman year, probably you were supposed to have a moderately successful college career, and then a better career selling insurance after that that's what usually happens but you blossomed to six eight god had different plans for you do you consider yourself an underdog story
6: um i mean i i kind of i kind of have always had like a chip on my shoulder um, it seems I mean, I like think you play that
2: way that's why i
6: asked yeah i mean i think certainly um and not to bring in like the race card or anything, but there's just not very white Americans in the NBA. And I can remember my dad, I mean, that was my dream. And I wrote down, um I wrote down my goals. um And he actually, I was too little to write it. So he actually wrote it. So they were legible and I wrote them all down. And the top one was like, you know, playing the NBA. And I can remember um him saying, well, you know, my mom's 5'10". My dad is about 5'10 as well. We don't have anybody in the family over 6'1". And so, uh, he was like, you know what? If you're gonna, if you're gonna make it, you're probably gonna have to be like John Stockton or Steve Nash. And so, like, that's, <laughs> that's what I was like, okay, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try to model the game after, after that. And, um, you know, through God, I, I ended up growing. I don't, I still don't know exactly where that came from. Um, but still was never, like I said, never, wasn't McDonald's All American, you know, wasn't that highly recruited at all. I had three offers. Um, you know, we were an underdog at Butler, even though we all felt like we weren't. Um, and then in the NBA, everyone kind of wrote me off as a rookie and, and all that stuff. So for, for sure, I think, you know, even today, everyone is, is, is writing me off as, Oh, he had this massive injury. He's not going to be the same player. And that's something that, you know, fuels me and drives me. And um, so, yeah, I guess to answer your question, I do kind of have that mentality.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Love I love it. I, I am so impressed by the fact that, and it happened with me too. Like, spite is a motivator for me it is and i think even jj watt who's one of the most positive humans of all time gave that commencement speech at wisconsin and he even made sure to mention like hey the negative comments can be something to motivate you as well i think a lot more people who are professional athletes are driven driven by haters it's just always been like uh oh you're not supposed to read that you're not supposed to acknowledge the fact that you see what the haters say or you hear what they say but for me it's a complete opposite like i hear somebody say some i can't do something and it's Cliches. it sounds like, that makes me want to do that more than anybody else could imagine, and it's nice to hear that uh, I'm not the only one now that people are more talking about it, Gordon.
6: For sure, for sure.
0: Um, Anthony DeGilio has a question. This guy, massive sports gambler. Not that that should affect how you answer his question, but I'm assuming there's a chance it might be around
5: that. It's not a sport. I won't do that. I mean, I won't tamper with the NBA. I'm a, I'm a stand-up guy. Of course you are. <laughs> I want to know, though. Like, you and your teammates spend a lot of time with each other during the season. Have you ever just, like, had the urge to grab a globe and sit down with Kyrie and show him the shape of the earth and tell him is, it is, in fact, not a flat earth? Great question.
6: Oh, man. I, I never got around to that one. You know, we talked about a lot of things, but I, I never went went that direction. Something, so, something kind of if, if he does think stick, what he wants to think.
5: If he does stick around, something to think about for next year. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, for sure.
0: I think he's trolling. He has to be trolling. That's
3: about it. Uh, anybody else got one? I got one. Hey, yep. Gordo, when was the last time you picked up a tennis racket? And <laughs> could you have went pro with that 6'8 frame of yours?
6: <laughs> um, I mean, I think the last time I picked up a tennis racket, seriously, was probably... Three years ago in Utah, in a, in a tournament in Utah, um, actually won the tournament, which was pretty attaboy. cool. Like, uh, like, Atta like,
5: nice. congratulations, man! <laughs> it wasn't.
6: It wasn't against the best competition. I'm not. I think for the most part, my tennis game is always overhyped. Um, <laughs> but it would have been interesting to see if I would have only played tennis, how far I could have gone. Uh, that would have been fun.
1: Hey, Mister Hayward, quick question here: uh, Do they judge you for being a gamer and an athlete?
6: Um, I think it, initially they did when I first you know, like started in the NBA. But, um, I think everybody plays video games now, and so it was more like, like a, the staff like of the NBA or in that like community. In Celtics? Yeah, yeah, in that community like they love me. So um, I don't think I get judged for it anymore. My, my my wife certainly judges me. That, so <laughs> we all, all one, saw
1: that, that video with person person you and in Doctor's Respect there. <laughs> I heard your wife yell at you for
0: gaming. Is
6: that correct? That's true. I think there's a clip of it online. Oh yeah. actually. <laughs> you, have,
0: you have seven kids, you're a professional basketball <laughs> player, and you find time to be an incredible gamer. I, I, that's a, You're an immaculate, and, a, sorry, a champion tennis player as well. <laughs> I mean, you're an incredible human, an incredible species. I can't wait to see what you do for the Celtics next year and for the years to come. Thank you so much for joining us man. Uh Indiana is proud to have you man. You you're you're, a, you're an absolute stud and you should thank your wife for getting you to that barber. I think it's made you a much better human.
6: <laughs> for sure. Hey, thanks for having me on. I just want to say I, I listen to your guys show all the time. It's it's hilarious. So, you know, keep it up.
0: Hey, I appreciate you, brother. Hey. I can't thank you enough. Good luck. Enjoy training. Ladies and gentlemen, although he wasn't an all-American, he's an all-American in my heart. Mm-hmm. From Brownsburg, right. Indiana, Boston Celtics star and face of the franchise, <laughs> yeah. Gordon Hayward.
6: Thank you, guys. All right, see you guys.
0: Thank you, Gordon, so much. You, you
5: noticed that yeah. when he was talking, you asked him about the young players, and I wanted to see what his. He wouldn't even mention like Tatum or them because nobody knows who the fuck is going to be on the Celtics right. next year.
0: Yeah, and he doesn't want to get caught up in yeah. saying like, "Oh, I like this guy," and then they traded away. In the NBA drama is a real thing. Oh yeah, they would be like, "Oh, they traded away the only guy that Gordon Hayward <laughs> really likes."
5: Hey, there's a microphone Mike right, right there. there. Hey, hey. He's not. He's he's not always here.
0: Go ahead, Gumpy. I was
8: really think? hoping he was going to say he wanted to be the leader
6: of that team.
0: <laughs> well, oh. I think if you say that, though, just like with everything else we're talking about with the drama of the NBA, mm, yeah. as soon as he says that, that becomes a headline. Yeah. It, Gordon Hayward says, "Now I'm the leader of the team," which kind of. But uh, I mean, I didn't even mean to put him in a gotcha situation no. there, but it did. It does feel like whenever he's answering every question. It's mm. like everything I say I know could potentially be taken a different way, and that's good for. NBA that they're that act NBA Twitter is that active the talking heads are that active it's good for business but for the players you really got to watch your ass with everything you say
5: especially because this year I believe because this year is like the perfect storm I believe I saw that 40% of the NBA is a free agent this summer so like he has no idea who he's going to be playing
0: great business for the NBA by the way to have 40% I mean the talking the talking heads in the conversation around the NBA never stops I hate how dramatic it is but that's kind of the world we live in these days I like Gordon Hayward. He was really cool in that yeah, game. Well, awesome.
4: You alluded to it too. Like He he didn't have a great year last year, at least by his standards. No. So I think he's much more focused on like, hey, I want to go out and prove that I should be that guy as opposed to just coming out and making that blanket statement.
0: And he does dominate by spite, he said. So right. this entire offseason, he's dealing with those kids and mm-hmm. figuring out how to get back <laughs> on top. And he won't say because he's a gentleman. He won't tell everybody to go fuck themselves. But whenever he's back on top, I, I'm sure there's going to be quite a moment there when he lays his head on the pillow at night like a lot of people wrote me off again, and here I am. Good for Gordon
5: Hayward. And not to beat a dead shark. <laughs> but the best part about the NBA, they don't give a fuck what videos you put of their sport on online. Well, this year, too.
8: Now
0: you're talking about the USGA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This
8: year, too, there's way more questions than answers with the Celtics. Every other year in free agency, they're a big player. Mm-hmm. This year, all they know is Kyrie and Horford are gone, and they're not like no big free agents are Brad
0: Stevens to is such a good coach there isn't a lot of people like and I'm not saying that because I watch what he did at Butler yeah. I'm talking about just as a person who watches the NBA I pay attention to the NBA Twitter but they were winning a lot of games they weren't supposed to right. win oh, in the yeah. NBA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you have a guy who can really coach, which they have, and a couple studs like Tatum, like Gordon Hayward, if he gets back to form, I mean, they could be a good team. And you, can be, I saw it with the Pacers. The Pacers did right. it whenever they were taking on the Heat every mm-hmm. single year. Yep. It's like if you get a good coach in there, Frank Vogel was a great coach. And him and Brad Stevens, I, I'm assuming, are friends. Mm-hmm. They seem like pretty similar I individuals. So, yeah. But it, I, I think they – it, it, there was a quiet confidence there from Gordon Hayward about, like, we don't give a single damn about anything that's happening right now. You get us on a court, we got a good coach, we got a good scheme, we can win anything.
3: I think for sure he's going to end up in Indiana before his career's over. Whoa. Back with the Pacers? Sure, man. Why not? Hometown kid. Great story.
0: Tomlin always told me he was going to wait till I got old and cheap and bring you back to <laughs> Pittsburgh <laughs> see if the Pacers do that with Gordon Hayward. Did That'd you go awesome. through the
1: same thing like with injuries, like that like mental period?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not for me. It wasn't during the season. It was always like... Yeah, in OTAs or in training camp or in preseason because mine were always knee yeah. things, right? And when you're kicking... It's a lot of knee stuff mm-hmm. so I'd be like half swinging it and the ball would be going pretty good like it would have kept me a job with yeah. a half swing but if I really wanted to go I like had to really in my head be like all right I'm gonna really swing at this potentially blow my knee back out again whenever all the doctors are like no no no, your knees good you just right. got to go for it you just got to go for it but in the back of your mind you're like yeah if I go for it yeah. then I got to go through a surgery again I got to do that it really is a mental block and people just assume because they play video games and you see other people come back from injuries. But I think all professional athletes that go through a surgery have that mental block where they're like, man, I do not want to blow this out again because there's a lot of money on the line. There's a lot of pressure on the line. There's another rehab stint that has to go through. So it's a real, it is a real hurdle. I had it with my knees, which is a much smaller situation than having a blown ankle in basketball when uh, everything revolves around jumping and running mm-hmm. but it is something that you really got about. that's why i was i was like so intrigued to ask him because i didn't even think about the not even gelling with your teammates. I don't think Same. Did. Didn't even think about at like, all. oh, you know what? Yeah, this guy hurt himself. If he comes back to form, he'll be good. It was like didn't even think about him never playing with those guys <laughs> yeah, before that. And not
2: necessarily any of them rooting for him to come back because sure. he's taking playing time for you go, and money. There. Well you've kind of yeah. you've kind
8: of been in the other side of that coin when you had high price free agents coming to the Colts facility and a couple of them got hurt and didn't play. And then it kind of changes the way you think about someone unless they can come back and contribute.
0: Unless they work their ass right, off to come right. back. You know, there were some People that got hurt, and then it seemed like they just didn't care. So they, all they did was just scrape off our salary cap, make us a worse team. And it's like, well, hey, this guy, what is this guy doing? <laughs> yeah. hey, what is this guy doing? It sounds like Gordon Hayward feels like he owes the Boston Celtics, yeah. and yeah. that's a that's a cool thing to have. I hope they do well. I'm very thankful he came on, and it was him. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah okay, I think it was so. 5 so. yeah, percent, maybe.
5: Well. Green text messages. Mm. Well, apparently he does research on his phone. I mean, he's, he's a techy so, type not of some guy, blemming. right?
0: <laughs> that's what he said. How about him just saying I'm a cult guy, too. Just go to blindly go to Apple. Get,
4: <laughs> fucking take it easy, Corey. I mean, I would argue it's the other way. The people who are yes. grandstanding that you need to get a Google Pixel or something. That's the cult right there. Yeah. Hey, sports
0: psychologist, by the way. Meeting with sports psychologists, also a pretty big thing. That happens with a lot of professional athletes. Not a lot of people are like open with it either. So I was very thankful that he said that because every all professional athletes, they don't want to show a weakness, right? A weakness means they could potentially be cut. It means that they could potentially fail. It means they're not these superstars that a lot of people make them out to be. Him being like, I had to meet with a sports psychologist is really cool of him, by the way. Very humble of him to admit that. Is that
1: kind of like the yips? Is that what they call it? Like when you get the yips? Yeah. Uh,
0: The yips is whenever you start getting like uh, paralysis by analysis. When you start overthinking everything, the mental hurdle could be a yeah type of yip, I guess, but yeah. more so that's with technique. Normally, the yips come through a technique gotcha. thing when you're overthinking. When you're like, okay. It's so like
1: him do the L thing. That's kind of the yips, essentially. Right. Like Lester, you know well, that, Lester
5: not being able to throw to first base. That's more yeah, yeah. of a
0: mental hurdle. A yip is like whenever you're going to shoot. Like, let's say he goes into a, a cold streak. So gotcha. he has a coach tell him like, okay, you got to keep your elbow tight. You like got to go, go up into a cookie jar. You got to jump at this point. You got to release at this point. So then whenever he's getting the ball, as soon as he gets the ball, all he's thinking is like, okay, I got to jump And then at this point, I got to do this. And at this, I got to do this. And this, and and you're overthinking it. And then you get to the point where you're overthinking everything. You can't do anything more. Charles Barkley's golf swing (laughs) is the perfect example of that. At the beginning of Charles Barkley's (laughs) golf yips, and I'm happy he's out of it, all he was trying to do was make his golf swing better. Right. So people forget that. So he became the worst golfer on earth, but how that started was him asking somebody, How do I make this better? them giving him things and then all of a sudden it all just kinda you start thinking about them all and then it all just becomes a mental fuckery in there. The more dance. That's a yip. Yep. A mental hurdle is something that when you come out of an injury, a yip is more like whenever you're overthinking everything and it's just kind of becoming a debauched. And, and I think
2: it's exaggerated in his case because I think his strength is his mental toughness or was his mental toughness. You know, what I mean, that's spite. what separated him yeah. from everybody else. He yeah. outworked you. He he came at you hard. And when you have that little bit of doubt, it's different than like if you're Durant and you're just a better athlete than everybody else on the floor. Yeah, or
4: Brom Brom. Yeah. Well, and it makes sense too. Like if you've never had any type of injury before, and then you have like mm-hmm. basically the worst possible one a basketball player can suffer. Like, I mean, it makes sense that you would need someone to like kind of work because work you, through that you
0: really think. And I asked in my question, I said it. I was like you think like, oh, no, that that can happen to me. So like, you kind of have this invincible feel, and then you're like, oh, no, I just learned that that can happen to me. Mm -hmm. That could be something that's tough, especially as a tennis player. Ankles for tennis players Mm -hmm. are a pretty important thing. I I mean, you're literally running, sliding, the whole thing. So he probably had this feeling where his base, his core, everything was just locked in. And then once you realize like, oh, shit, it can go wrong, that can become something you get. I can't wait to see him. It sounds like he said he's over it, which is awesome for him. Mm -hmm. Awesome for the Celtics. Awesome for his future. I'm excited to watch him next year. And friend of the show, fan of the show, handsome Gordon Hayward. That was awesome. I'm going to sleep soundly tonight knowing that Gordon Hayward's a good guy.
4: Yep. Yep. Because
0: really, there's a lot of rumors going around about him right now on the internet that I didn't like. Mm -hmm. But tonight when I lay my head down on my Lisa mattress, I am going to sleep so damn nice. Right now, you go to leesa.com forward slash McAfee, get $100 off and two free pillows. Wow. And you're not just getting $100 off some slapdick bed. It's the greatest bed you've ever laid your head on, plus two free pillows that are going to be so comfortable, it feels like you're sleeping on them. Clods. Wow, Lisa did all the research that you need to do to make sure you're getting the best bed possible. And it's convenient because Lisa ships the bed right to your front doorstep in a box. Pat, I don't want my bed showing up in a box. It's probably not comfortable. Wrong-o, my friend. It's the most comfortable bed you'll ever sleep on. The convenience also is incredible. It's immaculate. No more going to nasty, disgusting mattress Uh, stores, uh. laying around in a bunch of Zito sweat, trying to figure out what bed is good. Lisa did all the research for you. The bed is incredible, and it arrives at your doorstep. And unboxing it is half the fun. How long does it take, Ty? About two minutes. Just put that box right in there in your bedroom, take that thing out, cut off the little plastic thingy, and... It blows up and expands into the best bed you've ever had. $100 off plus two free pillows from your friends at Lisa. Lisa Lisa.com forward slash McAfee to get that deal. Lisa also changing the world for better. Donated 100 beds with them a couple months ago to the Coburn Place, Mm -hmm. which is a sanctuary for survivors of domestic and interpersonal violence. So Lisa not only providing incredible sleep, an incredible deal, incredible convenience, but also making the world a better place. And that's the type of company you want to do business with. Speaking of making the world a better place, that dude that was practicing bunting and broke his nose? What the fuck happened? Scherzer,
4: yeah. yeah. What That's what happens when you're acting like an asshole when you're doing it. Yeah, Seriously, you got all like, lackadaisical yeah,
6: exactly.
2: of showing off. And like, I'm gonna slap I mean, the like guy's flat.
4: fucking 40 feet away. He's still throwing probably 70 miles mm-hmm. an hour. Like you <laughs> Still still got to bunt it. Scherzer, right?
5: right? just because you got to Cy Young doesn't mean you can't lay down a bunt. So yeah. what
0: happened here? So that guy was just so lackadaisical. Because I've taken BP yeah. right. uh-huh. in a professional baseball game. Mm-hmm. I've been in the batter's box. I understand that it's no game whenever you're staring down the end of a barrel which happens to be from a human's arm Mm -hmm. okay bp was technically my only time to ever practice batting so i was taking it very serious Mm -hmm. but that's normally just a fuck around session there no so he's
4: he's a pitcher so and he plays in the National League, so he has to bat, but he's typically just sack button. He's just laying bunts but down.
5: Also, normally when you take BP, normally your first two to four pitches are always bunts. Bingo.
0: I yeah. I didn't do that. Didn't give me a.
5: <laughs> uh, you were swinging for the fence. But a lot of I mean, people we've...
2: would realize you practice Outfield. how you play, and they if... try to actually bunt how they would bunt in uh, a live batting situation. He literally just. Scherzer's it it out normally there, like, like a, a very it. very serious dude too, so it was surprising. To
5: see
0: well, that. I liked that he was having a little fun then, and with the boys, having <laughs> he broke, a bit, his <laughs> broke his nose, broke so his snaz. It's going to be tough to do. I can't believe in 2019, after all these years, with the success of designated hitters, that they're, they the American League and National League haven't come together and just been like, "Yep, we're doing a designated hitter thing." I mean, uh, Big poppy is literally the hero <laughs> of the a city. It's uh,
8: the selling point for the National League. They try and say that you have to be a better manager because there's more. Double Switches and such in the National League, and they don't want to give that up.
0: I it's no the- idea what that means. <laughs> Couldn't even guess what that means. and I'm a professional baseball player, but I, I think the game would be better, right? If and by the way, I think the designated hitter should be allowed to take whatever steroid they want. The designated hitter should be. <laughs> Uh, I don't hate that. The designated Royd guy. <laughs> yeah, whatever he wants. I think you should be allowed to take whatever he wants. If you want to, if you need Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, uh, Roger Clemens, even yeah. just redo the '90s. Then <laughs> for designated hitter, put him on every single team. This, alongside being able to gamble at the stadium on an app for every single pitch, mm-hmm. makes baseball the number one sport in America again. Let's wait until the donkey gets up here. It's a fucking donkey show. Oh, who's the designated hitter on the team? The guy that's 350 pounds with a six-pack. <laughs> and whenever he gets up to bat, it's going to be a mm-hmm. show. I think that would make baseball absolutely incredible. Pitchers aren't allowed to bean them. Uh, is it bean or beam? Beam,
4: bean. bean. i always boys. hated it.
0: Down the pipe. Plunk plunk they have to pitch to him like i think that should be a rule you can't just walk the the steroid freak that's about to bomb some balls (laughs) i I, yeah exactly (laughs) i think that would make baseball awesome i can't believe this scherzer guy uh even has the chance to break his nose i know nothing about baseball but i know the only reason he's there is just to throw the fucking ball so what are we even doing i can respect the history of the game but i also would like to be entertained a little bit very well said Thank you. Very well said. I mean, I'm a professional baseball player. (laughs) I think what I say should be taken a little bit more serious Mm -hmm. than it ever has been. I wore metal studs in an astroturf field. <laughs> I pretty much know exactly what I'm talking. <laughs> about. <laughs> they look good
4: though. They good. did look great. They did. I was a cocaine. <laughs> well, white. and we also didn't know what uh, kind of surface you were going to be playing on. It. We, we had no
0: idea. Uh, Brett Favre came out and said he was going to return and deleted his tweet, but that's already out there. Brett, don't know how to get that one back. Can't wait to talk to him next week in the Bahamas to ask him what the fuck happened yeah. here.
5: Mm, he said he got hacked.
1: <laughs> you think
5: he He said he
0: got hacked today. Yeah. He
5: came out today. He, said he got hacked.
0: So you hacked Brett Favre. And I guess that would be the first thing you would think is the guy's coming out of retirement. (laughs) That's, or... Yeah, we know the other
4: thing. We don't need to talk about that. No, no, not We don't. I'm
0: happy that the hacker had a little compassion and just made fun of the retirement thing. And also, I bet you Brett Favre... Still come out
5: and sling it. Oh, guaranteed. Oh, yeah. You see him in the Wrangler commercials?
0: Oh, uh, absolutely. In a back, in muddy conditions. Yeah, yeah, by the yeah, way, in very muddy conditions, he's throwing it to terrible he's got, receivers. He's got
5: copper fit on his side, so uh, oh, and
0: copper fit on his wrist, Correct. his elbow, and his knees. Mm-hmm. I have seen him at CVS in the <laughs> must, as seen on TV. He's been
3: working out with Jerry Rice. I mean, yeah, you saw that. I saw the, the, the yeah.
0: AAFL too. Brett Favre is all pro in that AAFL oh, yeah. day one. Those quarterbacks were garbage in there. I would assume he could come play in the XFL, and I'd assume he could be a backup in the NFL if he wanted to be. He's just choosing not to. So I almost, I got excited whenever that's weekend. There I'm you. like, hey, hey Favre, the, the NFL could use you, Buck. For sure. We get a chance to talk to him next week. We'll chat about that. that it's come out that President Trump hates uh coughing and sneezing. This is one of my favorite things any humans ever <laughs> said. <laughs> As a person who sneezes uh and enjoys sneezing, by the way. I enjoy a good sneeze. I enjoy a good cough to clear yeah. the throat. Yeah. I watched that video of him and uh mm-hmm. Is that his name? Yeah. Close, Close. enough. Yeah. You get it. Papa
2: Doc. Pop-
1: Doc. Him. Mm-hmm. What was that? Populis.
0: That's the second half of his name, I think. Yeah. I had a pop in front of that. Populis. I watched a video of him interviewing him in the Oval Office, and his chief of staff coughing in the background <laughs> in an attempt to <laughs> discourage Trump yes. from continuing to talk, and Trump potentially kicking him out of the office, <laughs> almost firing him immediately. Uh, One of my favorite moves in the history of anything. I just I enjoy it's it. It's just hilarious. If you view him as a character, I understand. There's a lot going on a lot of power there. Great right heel. <laughs> best <laughs> a- the best heel of all time. He it has come out from people that have worked around him that he he actually says that coughing and sneezing are a sign of weakness and do not even think about doing them around him. Is he saying he's never coughed or sneezed before? The,
1: if that's the case... Like it's like the Jim Kong farting thing. Exact, <laughs> yeah. This dude is a
0: superhuman if he's never coughed or sneezed before. I don't know how you stop yourself from sneezing. I have no idea how that happens, but I would love to be in the room when somebody accidentally did it and Trump just losing his mind. I That cough moment... he. He was in the middle of a real answer. It was like a minute, a minute and a half into the real answer, somebody from his team coughs and you just he's still talking and it's just it's like when somebody's eating into an apple around me, you see it like in his head like it just want to stop and snap somebody's neck. And he goes, we're going to redo that. It- in my fucking backseat <laughs> <laughs> It's basically what Trump said. That's incredible. I, I've never heard of anybody hating this. I've never heard of anybody in in the history believing that sneezing and coughing nope. are a sign of weakness. And I might start viewing it that way. It might be new office procedure. <laughs> Cough <laughs> sneezing down me. like that 20%. That is not good for me.
5: Big cougher. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think me too. I, I don't know how you goddamn
5: Leak leaking down my nose into my throat all goddamn time. How do you stop yourself from sneezing? You, like you can stop can a sneeze occasionally
8: watermelon. if you put your finger in front of your nose. That sometimes works. Or but cinnamon. still, you, you're just eating it really, and it's gonna come back.
0: Well, when you hold a sneeze in, too, I had a coach in college. He almost he had an aneurysm because yeah. he held a sneeze and almost died. It's, that's a real story. <laughs> that's a real story. I, I just I don't know how I. It, for me, it's just hilarious to think. Hey, watch that video of him just looking at the guy.
4: Get out if you're going to sneeze, okay? <laughs> <laughs> he literally said,
0: in my backswing, basically, when I was referring to policies, I think it was his financial statement yep. he was talking, and he just stopped and looked at It's his guy, too. It's like his, It would be like Foxy. It would be me giving an answer, and Foxy just grabbing an apple and just chewing it <laughs> in my ear. And me just stopping and looking at him. Foxy. Get the fuck out of here. You want to redo that entire answer because uh, this guy trying to get some vitamins here right in the middle of this fucking thing. It was awesome.
5: Uh, the uh, mechanism in my brain where you think about something before you say it is dead today. So you just like today. say it. <laughs> you just say it and then you think about Try what to you said. figure say. it out after. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's awesome.
5: Like, word, like a word problem. My life is one big word problem. Still <laughs> <laughs> <It's> Still going. <laughs> uh, <laughs> are you
0: are you ever gonna get the answer?
5: I don't know. Every fucking day there's two ducks on this side, there's one wolf on this side of the river. What are you gonna do today, Tony? <laughs>
1: <laughs> stay away from the wolf.
5: It's different. It's difficult. You gotta get them all oh, on the same are side. Are you fucking
1: eating. giving life advice? <laughs> yeah. That was an easy one right there. Stay away from the wolf.
5: Oh, <laughs> uh, can
8: we ask Cito that question? The real version of that question.
1: Yeah, stay away from the wolf. I don't think I know what you're Is talking this about.
2: a logic question. Yeah, I gotta okay. find it. I gotta remember the exact I, I like these a
1: lot. Can I write Me novel, too
2: by the way.
5: I feel like I'm probably pretty good just to preface it before he finds the, it's something like you have a wolf and two ducks the wolf will eat the ducks you gotta get them all to this side you have one boat
0: oh it's like you have the fucking four lights light switches outside thing Mm -hmm. how do you turn on all the lights inside without that that whole type of thing yep I don't like these types of questions.
8: <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll scratch it. No, no, no.
0: I, I would like to hear it, but I don't do well at these. I, I don't do well at
8: these. Okay, you ready, Z? Yeah, my,
1: can I write stuff down or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, sure. yeah. Please yeah. say you're so, hey, it's
8: encouraged.
5: You are, yes, encouraged to take Maybe notes. Maybe even draw a picture, because that, that'll that help, too. <laughs> I actually just drew a river. Sam, <laughs> yep, smart. That's, good. That's a good start.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jose Perez using a pen, not planning on making any mistakes. Nope. Go ahead. It's
2: confidence.
8: A farmer wants to cross a river and take with him a wolf, a goat, and a cabbage. There is a boat that can fit himself plus either the wolf, the goat, or the cabbage. If the wolf and the goat are alone on one shore, the wolf will eat the goat. Mm-hmm. If the goat and the cabbage are alone on the shore, the goat will eat the cabbage. How can the farmer bring the wolf, the goat, and the cabbage across the river?
1: The farmer eats a cabbage, puts the wolf across, and he comes back for the goat and brings the goat back. <laughs> and then he
0: shits out the cabbage on the other side. Yep, Fucking got it. it. Final answer. It. Suck it. I'm with you, Zito. Nailed it.
8: Yeah, I mean the logic is airtight. I can't argue with that.
3: Yeah, yeah, we know. Hey, good for us. Look <laughs> at us. I got one of those. All right, it's real quick. If you know it, don't say the answer. But a boy and his father are going up a winding road in the mountains. What mountain? Winding road. Not important. Right. Winding road in the mountains. <laughs> and boom, the truck that they're in goes over the cliff. Okay. The father is dead. Mm-hmm. His son barely hanging on to life. Jesus. <laughs> Helicopter comes in. I know. I know. It's just a logic question. Yep, yep, no.
0: It's a negative. Helicopter
3: helicopter. comes in, airlifts the boy to the hospital, to the surgery room. Mm -hmm. They get in there. The doctor is all scrubbed up, ready to go. And he goes, I can't. The doctor's like, I can't operate Uh, on this boy. It's my son. The the mother is the doctor. I just said, Tony, don't (laughs) say a fucking word if you know it. I don't know it. What do you mean? I had it on my paper, mother. It's just easy. You didn't know that, by the way. That's horseshit. I'm calling bullshit on
0: that. Oh, Gorman, just because we're not all just ridiculously sexist.
3: Unbelievable that you would assume that.
5: I mean, there are women doctors. Obviously. I understand that, but oh, that
3: old. Do you? I do. I understand it. Hell, I, yes, I do. Oh, I wouldn't. <laughs>
8: <laughs> I wouldn't let one operate on me, but I understand that. Well, it's not
3: true at all. It's not true at all.
0: <laughs> you didn't deserve that, Gorms. I mean, you. Br- you got
3: buried there. You Mark. guys don't remember this, but I had spinal cord surgery. I uh-huh. mean, no, I remember. clinging Jeez. to life. I mean, clinging <laughs> to life. Surgeon? Woman. Oh. Wow. Look at that. Right here. Look at you. Made it, too. Yeah, can't golf. Nah, but still. <laughs> I can still do logic questions. though. <laughs> Gorman, I have a question for you. (laughs) Sir. Favorite place you've
0: ever visited in your entire life?
3: Uh, Well, Tony mentioned uh, something earlier. I I had a chance a couple years ago to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. It was paradise up there. That's where all the super wealthy people live, right? Yeah, that's awful beautiful. And uh, not even a close second, I'm going to go 1A, 1B. It would be Mont Hutt, New Zealand.
0: (laughs) Just real quick. You said not even a close second, 1A, 1B.
3: (laughs) No, no. I mean, a close second. I'm sorry. There's one A, one B. I love Jackson Hole, just everything. When I visited that time of year, I don't want to go there in the winter You know all that. But Mont Hutt, New Zealand was absolute paradise. New Ab-
0: Zealand is like Australia, just closer.
3: Yeah. Right?
5: And uh, smaller of an island. Yes. Yep. What's your favorite place?
0: I don't know. That's what I was in my head. I was trying to figure that out while you were doing the mountain description thing. Right. In my head, I was like, oh, I haven't been really on a mountain in a long time. And I started thinking like beautiful places I've mm-hmm. been. I don't know. I like beaches a lot. I like just staring yeah. at the ocean mindlessly. That Saint uh, Croix place I went to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. I was huh? on one of them. Uh, I was on one of them things out in the water. Yep. Like, uh, oh, like a, the, and the bu- underwater is like a, yeah, yeah, like the, the floor is yeah. glass. Sam and yeah. I went and did that. That was incredible.
8: That's always weird to me that you like the beach but you don't like the water. You're just like looking at it. And, it's just like and looking. And sinking. I'm yeah. the, I'm the same way. I can't swim worth a shit. Like really, I like to go in town though. But you hey, work you on
5: ships, dude.
0: You work on ships. So if you fall, if you in, fall in. You
2: live on an island. It's <laughs> a <laughs> dry dock, man. <laughs>
5: Try, a trying to island. get off the island. <laughs> well, what if the- It's
0: impossible. America's never gonna let you do that. <laughs> but, but um <laughs> are you a big sand guy? You're
5: on the island, you're off the island.
0: So. Uh, I don't fucks with the sand much either. I mean, I'll just stare at. it. I think that's why I like the thing so much because yeah, I was cause, like out in the mm-hmm. water. By the way, I can swim now again. Remember, I was.
5: Yeah, you haven't yet, though, right? No,
0: I haven't tested it. Just because that's like doc- coming
5: back from an injury. Well,
0: exactly, a mm-hmm. little mental hurdle, like we talked to a little buddy there earlier. Because I, I, that doctor hadn't had to go through what I've gone through. Go through whenever my waters under in my ear for fucking two weeks and I can't sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I, I think, I think a beach is cool. I didn't I, mind. Uh, Morocco was awesome. Mostly because, like, you appreciate America so much when you're there. You're like, you know what? I fucking love America. That made me feel pretty good. You
5: should, uh, next time you go on a vacation, I went, we went there for one of our president's clubs, nice little island, St. Kitts and Nevis. Oh. Um, we stayed at, um, obviously, where we're paying, uh, the Fairmont there, or whatever. Beautiful. Check it out.
0: Um I don't know. Is that in the Caribbean? Yes. They're all kind of the same to me in the Caribbean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all kind of the same to me, but it's a beautiful
2: view down there. I like a powdery sand beach, but I don't like, like, one time I went to Sanibel in Florida and it's like just broken shells. Well, that's the worst. And I'm like, this oh. is oh, the man. fucking oh, yeah. worst beach I've ever seen. And
0: in, my in life. the
1: pictures, dude, they don't tell you that. No. no yeah, yeah. That's walking on glass.
0: That is bullshit. Isn't Has it, anyone bro?
1: ever in here got hit by uh, jellyfish ever? No, no, and you had nope. to pee on yourself, right? Did I've you? never done it. No, I've always been scared. You were on a cruise ship. You're probably in a lot of places. Yeah. Well, I actually just Virgin Islands, but
0: oh, you just went through the Virgin Islands every oh, time. Is yeah. America's the best or is it's British?
1: Um, America. Are you? That sounded like that wasn't. Was it the U.S.
5: U.S. Virgin Islands or the British Virgin Islands?
1: The American Virgin Islands. Okay. The U.S. Virgin Islands. The yeah, American version uh, of the Virgin <laughs> Islands. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Saint Martin. <laughs> to, to a degree. Jamaica, basically, I think is on there. Um, I don't, I don't think Jamaica is a huge That U. was but one J- of the islands we went to, though. It was oh, Jamaica, God. St. Martin, uh, Did you go to the, Dominican. And, and then
5: the, the uh, Carnival Rico. Carnival Personal Island. Yeah.
1: That Carnival awesome. Personal uh,
5: is
0: such a fucking hustle, man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you can only get drinks from this one place, fourteen fifty a pop. <laughs> yep. And nice. it's going directly to Carnival. Yep. <laughs> Bought an
8: island
5: strictly to do that.
0: Strictly to it. Not a bad place.
8: Gorms, where's the best Club Med you've ever been to?
0: Now we're talking. <laughs> club Med.
1: C-L-U-B-M-E-D.
3: Probably Columbus Isle in the Bahamas. Oh. Yeah. Because it was scuba-centered, so I was all over. Oh, yeah. I want to get into that, by the way. Yeah, it was really cool.
0: I want to get into the scuba diving, strictly because of the Instagram videos that I see of people just swimming next to these. Yes. Mm -hmm.
5: Closest thing you get to being an astronaut, man. You definitely need to check out your ears for that. Yeah,
2: you got to It's like
5: being
0: in space. Yeah. Oh, I've heard it's incredible. Michael Cole, announcer uh, for the WWE, is a certified scuba guy. He he plans all of his trips. Not that he ever gets any, but they're strictly around scuba. And I guess people really fall in love
3: with it. Like, it's their thing. Remember the name Jerry Garcia? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Lead singer of the dead. yeah. Yeah. Who is, by the way, dead.
1: Oh, come on. He said,
3: hey, man, and he kind of talked like this, man, and he (laughs) went, hey, man, I've done a lot of drugs in my life and taken a lot of trips, but nothing like scuba time. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that? It's just a cool thing. You're in an aquarium. Weightless. You got everything around you. Yeah. Yeah, This is awesome.
0: You ain't headaches, though, right? No.
1: It's dangerous too, right?
3: When well, the you unfortunately, if you come ears. up, yeah, you
4: get the bends too. If you come up, yeah. too if you go too quick. deep, it's all controlled breathing. You too get deep. air, you get uh, you air bubbles in your blood. Yeah,
1: compression, right? Yeah. You,
0: you guys, can't be guys. <laughs> Has well, anybody in here scubaed other than Gorman? Todd. Yeah. I was.
5: I was we're on, on, we're on, on a. On on. No, but we've watched enough scuba movies. <laughs> I was on a scuba team. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, but I'm saying Todd wasn't answering the questions. Diggs, Zero, everybody else was answering these questions that I really had. He People deep. that have never scuba dived in those <laughs> <the answers. But laughs> right, I was just enjoying the
2: answers. Some right, some wrong. I, 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 don't, I, I, I was about to the point
0: like, hey, uh, is everybody in here a fucking scuba professional?
2: Yeah.
3: Hey, but I was in the Caribbean, and and to Todd's I mean, uh-huh. defense on this, but it's like, oh, look at the shark. Look at the swimming starfish. Hey, look at that turtle. Oh, the coral reef. It's beautiful. But your scuba was a little bit different. Just I mean, dead body dirty swamp, water. D- swamps yeah. and lakes. The White River. Yeah, looking for <laughs> yeah, dead bodies. Stone so.
2: quarries. Right. But what's cool, I, I, I'm dying, to, if we ever go, I, I want to go as well. I'm dying to go in the ocean where I can see yes. for a long way. But I was. what's even cool about Indiana water and water around here is it's got to be amplified by a thousand when you're in the ocean. But you're, you just know I'm in an environment I'm not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like these, this world down here. I am not supposed to be able to do this, but I am. So you're just seeing all that shit for the first time. It's fucking. If I had a
5: recommendation for your yeah. first scuba, oh, go, ahead.
2: go to a place where it's
5: an underwater cave. So you got a scuba to get under the cave, but when you get up into the cave, you just take your scuba gear off and walk around, mm. and, like, point see break. all the stalagmites, and stuff like that. Is this a documentary you watch? No, no. It's just, point Break it just happens.
3: Yeah, and those coral reefs. You have, a whole- you have never scuba dive
5: before? No, but I've been on. I've seen a lot of them on the cruise ship. That was a classic <laughs> situation in Baywatch. This guy,
0: this has answered four questions about scuba diving, well, and now he's giving recommendations. We'll I've in the
1: same boat there. The always picked.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You were the other guy answering the questions that I was referring to, really, and it's never scuba diving. But made. I used to sell those scuba. Yeah.
1: Not. Oh, so, it, uh, so I know. Uh, I know the questions they asked me. Osmosis. Yeah. yeah. Nice. yeah the DeGillos okay. always picked
5: the booze cruise catamaran over the scuba. <laughs> <laughs> but I read. I, always I, really I read. It, it. Always read the the, the, the Sure. <laughs> uh,
1: Nobody ever picks up a scuba diving brochure.
2: No.
0: It's Never. a big commitment because you you, you probably to. have to get recertified, right?
2: Yeah, I definitely would. Yeah. yeah. How well, does that actually, drop you in Patty. Pool, right? technically you don't because I was advanced open yeah, water, so it lasts for life, but I wouldn't feel comfortable. But I would, again,
3: like a, a guy like a slapdick like me, going out there, not like a professional like you. I'd have yeah. to get Patty certified again, which is, by the way, tough because they're, they're going to force you to 20 foot underwater. You got to take all yeah. your gear off and put it back on. My which brother did it. He had to take, go out in
8: the lake and do it.
3: Yeah, take the thing out, you, you know.
0: I can hold my breath pretty good. I got good lung capacity, so I feel pretty good about that. I just don't, I don't think I'd like the pressure that it's probably going to put on my head.
3: You just got to...
2: You have to, you have to clear. Yeah. You know what you want to do first. Or you're <laughs> descending. You, you want to, to go keep. train in a pool for a little mm-hmm. bit first and practice on buoyancy buoyancy control because that's when you really like. It will improve your diving experience the better off you are establishing neutral buoyancy. And that's so you have like a little air thing on your vest, right? And you just hit it when you want air to inflate, <sighs> and you can. There's a valve for letting that out. So you get it to a point where you just float without moving up or down right so then you can control yourself so then you can get oh like- i
0: didn't even think about it. i sink like a fucking yeah. rock. you're wearing
2: a weight belt they'll put a weight
0: belt on yeah, you too. i don't need one i I, <laughs> I go right to the bottom i mean it, that fucking swim class we had yeah. in high school was a nightmare <laughs> there's people that could float and stuff like that not me i go right down and i, I think that would yeah. ruin it, my experience
2: well you just want to get good at it because then you can get like where you you hover like a foot above the, mm. the ground without crashing into it and disturbing shit You just have a better time, you know what I mean? All these
0: people on the internet, they just swim right up to sharks, by the way. And they pet them. They're, like,
1: petting them and and stuff like
5: that. Those are whale sharks. Yeah, very docile creatures.
8: (laughs) (laughs) No teeth. They'll just gum you.
1: Who was the first person to scuba dive? Like, how brave was that guy? Great question. Jacques Cousteau. Is that real?
5: No. Famous explorer. I I used to know know this, actually.
1: Like, that guy was so brave to go under there with just that fucking mask thing. Yeah, well, Michael
0: Cole told me that there's, like, Checks on top of checks. Like, you have numerous things for air if it was... Because that's the first thing I told him. I was like, so you just relying on one little... One little thing. That's all you're. It's like when you went skydiving. I was just banking on Shh. that guy making minimum wage who <laughs> packed that backpack for me <laughs> to do it right. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's also an emergency thing that comes flying out. And whenever we went out, the as we were boarding the plane, the group in front of us, one of the people had to use the emergency chute.
2: Right. Oh, oh, freaked God.
0: me out. I'm like, what wow. are we doing here? And you see all the instructors, like, you know, they go looking up, right? Like they're excited something's happening. It isn't just the boring standard float around, like, oh, emergency. Shoot was used, and I'm like, Well, is this happening right there? No, no. And my dad goes, Well, it ain't gonna happen again. Fuck it. And my dad, like, <laughs> oh, with you? Yeah, he like forced us into the fucking. I'm like, I just don't know if I like this. Tim McAfee, first went off the plane, obviously. So I'm off the by himself. I'm in the back. No, he had a guy oh. on his back. I'm in the back of the plane. You're kind of tucked in there like sardines, and Tim McAfee's. Uh, front right side I'm back left side so the, you you <laughs> all the way up and it's a miserable plane I mean it's a fucking miserable plane and then a green light goes off and then they just pull back the side of the plane and you're like holy shit and they're like you were at 13,500 feet and I just look up and I see my dad is gone. No, gone there's no, there's no words there's no, it was just, my dad's gone and I'm like oh he's dead for sure <laughs> and then everybody else Phil went uh, a couple other people went boom 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 and they do, they do all this practice on the ground. They have you up in like this, uh, it's like a, um, what's those things that people, use? like a uh, treehouse. You're in like a fake little treehouse thing where they have you sit up there and they're like, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go, you're going to put your your feet over the edge of the plane and you're going to tuck your feet back. And the guy behind you is going to rock you one." two and then on a the third time you're both going to commit to going out and then you tuck your feet up and your hands up and that'll bounce you out and then you fall for like 45 seconds to a minute and then he'll give you a tap and then he'll pull the thing. I'm like okay sounds good and whenever we checked in the weight limit was a stern 225. <laughs> stern oh, 225 weight limit and I get there and it's from one of my dad's birthdays. I think it was his 50th or 40th birthday. I took him up there and we get there and uh, we're reading the rules and we're checking in and we decided to do it literally the night before. So I didn't sleep at all. I had not a single moment of sleep. I'm like, this is a bad idea. My dad's always wanted to do it, but I mean, this, I'm, this is fucking, what if I kill my dad on his birthday? So we get there, we go do the check-in. They have these list of rules, like 225 is the max you can go. And I'm like, okay, good. I'm 230. So like you guys can go. I'm just going to hang out here. And this little fucking tiny guy, little old guy goes, uh, get on the scale. And I'm like, I was already on it, bud, 230. Like, your fucking rule is it's not my fault. And I stand on a scale. He grabs my hand, and he lifts my hand up until it says 224.9, and he goes, we'll go together, and then walks away. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, there's a rule for a reason there. And uh, and everybody's like, all right, here we go, into this room now. we got to learn about what we're going to do. So I'm like, who's we? Like, I, I, I am too heavy. They're like, no, you're going to fly with that guy. I'm like, ugh. I hate that guy, and now I got him strapped to my fucking back. So you go into this room, and they show you this video, and it's this guy with his long ponytail, (laughs) and he said, death or die, probably 10 times in the first 90 seconds and everybody in our group just turned it we're like all right i don't want to listen to this fucking guy for real and that you they're like you have to watch like you it's legally you have to watch i'm like oh is that right because the legal out there is 225 pounds i didn't know we were so strict with rules these days uh so i'm watching the video death death Die, death, death, die, death, death. Sign, you got it. We fucking <laughs> sign it. So then they take us out to this treehouse thing and they do the, they sit down. You had to get past this little course on how you're supposed to exit the plane. And then you go into the lobby and wait till it's your turn and they get you all suited and booted. We walk out there. As we're walking out to the plane, that emergency chute comes down. So everything is going wrong in my eyes. I'm like, like I'm a guy that likes to, I, I trust fortune cookies. Right? I trust fortune. Absolutely. I trust signs from the universe. Mm -hmm. Every sign here was saying that I shouldn't do this, but you know what? Fuck it. My dad turned 50. Good for him. (laughs) So we get on the plane. we go all the way up there or whatever my dad just gets dumped off the plane see you dad happy birthday you're never gonna see another fucking moment of breath again so then it gets all the way up to my I see my friends doing the rocking and going out Phil does I I think Phil and the guy got into it a little bit because something the rocking wasn't timed like he was going forward the guy was going back so it was like a little moment and I started laughing I'm like of course Phil with this guy has to get into and then they go and then I'm the last one on the plane just me and the little guy that fucking did the thing right and and he goes in my ear. He's like, are you ready, buddy? I'm like, no, man. We can just shut this. Like, they're already there. Like, there's nothing they can do. He's like, no, you're going to love it. And he like, he's like scooting me, this little guy. He's like a little tiny guy. He's like scooting me with his hips, like pushing me up to the window. And I like go to get ready to do the little treehouse thing. And he just dumps me out of the plane. Literally, no, there was no, my fucking, my ass was still in the plane. Like, my head almost hit the side of it. And he, there was a video. I'm going straight down, like straight down to earth for like the first seconds seconds and then we flatten out right and as soon as i flatten out my glasses almost get shot off my face right so i'm just like sitting there and then finally i'm just staring at the earth and i'm flying I'm like, oh this is pretty cool <laughs> this is a pretty awesome little thing this is like a bird and then you're watching earth just get bigger and bigger and i had the moment where i was like i think i could die here <laughs> like <laughs> you know like it was, a, it, was like a, it was like a free like it, it was really free free feeling and then the guy he's like um He's screaming at me. He's like, how's it going? And I'm like, it's good, you know? And there's a camera person in front of my face, but they didn't catch up till late because we were fucking nosediving for the first 10 (laughs) seconds or whatever. Probably a couple thousand feet were falling. So that person comes. I wave to my mom because she didn't go there. And then he gives me the tap for the, the time to pull the chute. And in my head, it was like, oh, this is the weight limit time. Like this is why the weight limit happens for the chute and for the harness that is currently wrapped through my legs. So he gives me the tap. He's like, "You ready?" And I was like, "No, no, no. This is the this is the moment of truth here." So I held on to the jacket, like the backpack, as hard as possible. I'm like, "If this chute breaks or the harness breaks, I'm gonna hang on to this yeah. backpack as much as I can." He pulls that thing, and I have never had a moment in my life inside where I thought I was gonna die within the next second, just waiting for that parachute to pe- potentially catch me, and then all of a sudden it felt like somebody pulled like the rip cord on like a yo-yo and my grundle just got sucked up into the air. It was like, whoo! And the guy's like, alright, we made it. I was like, were you worried? He's like, hey, you're a heavy guy. I'm like, oh my god! So then we just start floating around, you know, and my balls are all the way inside of my kidneys. And I'm just, he's like, here, take the little toggle thing. So I'm like kind of steering us around. It's a pretty cool thing. And you're doing that for like 15 minutes. But after four minutes you're about bored with it you're like all right i want to get
7: yeah let me get down on the ground
0: ground. (laughs) and as we're going down uh i was like oh by the way like i'm a professional uh punter so like if we could not break my legs on a landing (laughs) that would be incredible he's like you should have told me after now i'm nervous i was like really really he was like you just lift those legs up and we did a butt land yeah i i have never been that flexible in my life i had my legs probably (laughs) up by my fucking face (laughs) yeah i was doing a full v-sit and we just came sliding into my ass but it was a really, really awesome experience.
1: Is there awkward conversation the whole way down though? Like, what's that conversation? No, you're
0: like? just looking around. It's like a, it's a cool moment. I mean, he told me. He the, the guy was funny, man. He was very funny. I was like, were you worried about the weight? He was like, no, it's a combined weight. He's like, I'm so small. Just because oh. you're five pounds over, it's not that big of a deal. He was like, I could have told you that earlier, but he, was, he basically <laughs> gave me like, this one's for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, He gave me like, this one's for me. And, we, and you're kind of like floating around and looking around. We had a funny conversation. Yeah. He, he was like, never do a double date, by the way, <laughs> ever doing this. And I was like, why? He was like, would you want... A slick guy strapped to your girl's <laughs> back who's literally about to save her life, which is what I'm about to do, what I did to you here. And I was like, no, that's hilarious. He was a funny guy. <laughs> and we got down there and landed, and uh, they were like, all right, when do you want to do the next one? And I was like, next one. <laughs> this is what we like to call a bucketless check mark. Yeah. And I am never getting in that <laughs> fucking plane again. <laughs> and it was, um, it was a cool experience. I have it on tape. I haven't watched it in years, but I would.
4: The full thing?
0: Yeah, like whenever they finally catch up to me. I mean, I'm telling you, the guy just dumped me out of like I was trash <laughs> right out of the
1: thing. Like, foo, wo, wo, wo,
0: straight down. How
1: talented are those camera guys, though, you know? Like they have to catch up to you and try to get like that shot? It was a woman. Uh, Jesus. Ooh. Wow. wow. Camera guy woman.
2: Jesus.
1: Guyman. <laughs>
2: no, he's just... I mean, it's <laughs> like it's 1940. <laughs> Unbelievable. they yeah. camera woman.
1: Yes. Uh, Yeah. What's a a universal? Camera person. Camera
0: operator, dude. Oh, cam op. (laughs) Way to
1: go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you.
0: We interrupt this intriguing conversation about God knows what for a reading from Zito. Before we get started, Zito, I found out you were in the 40% of millennials. What does that mean? 40% of millennials say they do not use
1: deodorant. Oh, yeah. That's Zito. It's absolutely disgusting. No, I'm I'm back on it.
0: Sure just <laughs> a reading from Zito. A corn
1: of studies just
0: over If te- you're listening out there, use deodorant. Yeah, it's please. not about you. Yeah, it's come on, it's, it's bigger nice. than you. Yeah,
1: millennials. All right. A corn studies just over Like, te- I don't
0: well. even know how that has become a thing. Yeah. I, 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 we, no we've made fun of humans that have not used deodorant for a long time.
1: Are you guys the gel ones or the, the, the white one?
0: I'm the white one, but it's- Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Gel ones make me- I don't like the wet, sticky feeling. Well, I,
1: guess, I don't either. The gels, you have to dry it the gels out.
5: The gel stick. That's a nice in-between. Yeah. So not the gel that you twist and it pops up. Gel. Oh, fuck yeah. that one. Mine's mm-hmm.
2: blue. It's not white, it but it's a Same. stick. Yeah, yeah. It's not fucking like
5: yeah, yeah. wet.
1: Do you gel. fan Don? Do you fan it? No. 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 Oh, you guys are doing it wrong. We, we all
0: never it. are pretty sure you've never put we it We are using
1: arm. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a user. We are rubbing it
2: <laughs> on <laughs> our armpits. I'm a big user. Every day. Yeah, you are. Fucking... Expected. $4 for two
4: sticks of deodorant.
1: Yeah. Millennials, Foxy. It's
4: not hard to do. Whoa, whoa, whoa Foxy's whoa, whoa. not using I'm it for sure. I'm in the 60% there.
1: I'm in the 42%. Oh, I don't two, like yeah, these yeah, studies, are. by the way.
0: I don't like these studies. Yeah. You go to some hipster There's paradise me. and just ask the people outside of it. Like, yeah, 4 out of 10 said they don't. It's like, well, 4 out of 10 people also are fucking worst humans
2: on Earth. Mm, true. <laughs> you know what I mean? You ever see the people that use the rock? They like claim it works? Like, uh, Excuse me, what? We had a guy in my police academy... That used this rock (laughs) and he claimed that it was from Finland or something. Oh, maybe. You don't have to use deodorant if you use this rock. And I'm Mm. like, well, everybody's complaining. If you would have said Ireland, smell like shit. (laughs) (laughs) If you (laughs) would have said Ireland. The rock is working. Because Irish Spring, I would have believed you. But not Finland. It's not Finnish Spring. It's a rock.
0: I would like you to know that the rock might work, but.
2: Not on you. Not for you. (laughs)
0: Let's go, Zito. Are you gonna read or?
1: Yeah, it's on me. Um, a recent Gallup survey shows. Amer- Gout? <laughs> Gallup. Oh. I thought you uh, said Gallup survey.
0: Earlier today, you said rent. Supposedly, you definitely said run <laughs> to me though. <laughs>
1: yeah. What do you mean? It's on me. It's. Yep. A recent Gallup survey shows Americans worry more about burglary than almost any other crime. More than mugging. More than terrorism. More than car theft and murder. There was no uh, yeah, that's there was no me. question marks. Yeah, it was just periods. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and what's crazy is Oh, that so we're not going back. We're, we're past that. All right, I'll do another one. No, 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 no. <laughs> there are over 2 million burglaries reported every year. That's one every 13 seconds. Mm. Oh. Oh, yeah. Hold on.
0: Let's pause for 13 seconds.
1: And what's crazy is the, the only. Those were the fastest.
0: fastest. pretty se- quick. That was probably like f- six seconds there, seven seconds.
1: That's why I'm like really fast. Fast burglary. Quick feet, quick count. Yep. You just raised the crime rate. <laughs> 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 There's now four million burglaries here. <laughs> yeah. Smash and
5: grab.
1: And what's crazy is the only one in five homes have home security. Maybe because most companies really don't make it easy, because, you know, uh, with Simply Safe, I always fuck this part up because You I, tried ad-libbing Yeah, I'm not good at the ad-lib portion But I'm going to tell you right now It is very hard because they uh, Nope, nope, don't got it there <laughs> <laughs> Baker says to talk about prevent you Things that prevent you from getting Z- Other companies Well Zito,
0: that is a very tough question You know yeah. listeners have tweeted me and told me Stop the that, Zito reads? No, that every time these start They are pulling so hard for you Just to do one <laughs> perfect run and sometimes you get some hurdles in there. And today might be your worst attempt yet.
8: <laughs> like, that's did Todd get a hold of this one ahead of time, put a bunch of exclamation points after no, every other is, word in there? he
0: literally you know, uses this product every single day. It's every, one
1: product that he uses every day, in, several times a day. In numerous
0: places. Yes.
1: And I will say, oh, I can't do it. I can't figure that little, like, that spot.
0: About why people would ever choose not to? Because yeah. it's so, so good. Yeah. yeah, so good. Why would you not?
1: Yeah, Simplify protects your whole home, every window, room, and door with 24 7 monitoring, just a fraction of the cost. Their police their police dispatch is up to 3.5 times faster because they use video verification. There's no contract, hidden fees, or fine print. It's designed to blend right into your home. No wires, no drilling. It's easy to order and easy to set up, usually in under an hour. Simply <coughs>
0: What? <laughs> You looked up like a deer in headlights. You know,
1: Simply Safe has won a ton of awards from CNET to the New York Times. Wire cutter prices are always fair and honest. Prices are always fair and honest around. So cl- you stop interrupting. <laughs> Come on, he was on a roll. There. I was on a big roll. Prices are always fair and honest. Around the clock monitoring is just fifteen dollars a month. I'm going to call it some action here. Visit simplysafe.com/slash mcafee. You'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure to you. Be sure you go to simplysafe.com/slash mcafee so they know our show sent you. That is simplysafe.com/slash mcafee. Simplysafe.com. Thanks,
0: guys. You got better there towards the end, really. After the or. Looks-
5: <laughs> <laughs> and under an oar.
0: Then under an oar. SimpliSafe is incredible, though, by the way. It's an yeah. app. You have cameras now all yeah. over your house Four out of bells. nowhere. Easy to set up. It's like you have this multi-million dollar security system mm. for a very limited price in your app. There's nothing like security and comfort, and SimpliSafe provides that. It's S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com forward slash
1: McAfee, M-C-A-F. E-E. Nailed it. Back Thanks. to the show. I
8: forgot when you talked about swimming with sharks. Diggs and I literally did that when we went to, ironically enough, the Dominican two years ago.
0: You made and it. And survived. You made By the it way. Old, huh? in the Dominican. Oh, yeah. Nowhere did. near the most dangerous thing you did down there was swimming No, in the no who knew? Just drinking knew? from that fucking mini bar. <laughs> Which price, is what we did all day long. Prices are dropping my <laughs> friends. I saw you trying to pile
5: on. Oh, yeah. I'm retweeting every single bad article about the Dominican. Getting those prices <laughs> yeah. down to 30 bucks. Dicks are going to get a
0: fucking Groupon price for real to go down. I down. Mean, yeah, we did.
2: go to Cancun and we came across uh, a school barracuda. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck that. There was those there, there, too. Tough. Hell, yeah. That was scary-looking The, the barracuda
5: was much more scary than the yeah. yeah, they're eerie, and you can see in their the team. rays. They yeah. And the fucking eels yeah. are scary.
8: There, too. Were, there were rays, and I was like, all I could think about was Steve Irwin. Yeah, those like, are different RIP, rays. Steve, come on, different man. Rays. I know, but still, you I, see it down there. I always,
0: I always just assume, and you probably shouldn't do this, especially with all the stuff that's coming out now with everything. It's like, yeah, they wouldn't have me do this if I could get hurt. Like you a, think, AQ went and did a zip line thing down in Mexico. AQ is four hundred pounds.
2: <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't be doing that. So
0: I asked yeah. him. He. he I think he FaceTimed me from the hotel. He's like, I'm going uh, fucking zipline in Jungle, area, Mexico. I'm like, Is there not a weight limit? He was like, I didn't even ask. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you, did they mention anything? He was like, No, they didn't even mention it. I'm like, Oh, well, they wouldn't they wouldn't have you do it if it was a potential problem. <laughs> not no, in
2: Mexico. Now no. that we're
0: learning about it, it's like AQ should not have been nah, fucking no. tarzanning around those things down there. But that- he loved it. He got pictures and everything.
5: That zipline company AQ dies doing that, all they do is pick it up and they move it two mountains down and just reopen Mm -hmm. their And they never Mm -hmm. announce it, by the way. It is
0: not a single time. It's like Sam, every time we go to a place, she wants to go to some lion's den to go pet these lions and shit like that. That's a good idea. And in my head, I'm always just like, they wouldn't have you do it if there was going to be a problem. But then I guess like a much smarter thought is, oh, nobody would ever know if you were just to get eaten by fucking
5: whatever the, (laughs) what's
0: (laughs) it, lion? Fred the (laughs) lion. <laughs> <laughs> Simba Simba yeah If Simba takes out Sam I guess nobody would ever know And I've always just had Too much of um, What's that called Naive mm-hmm. When you just like, yeah, people's best intentions. Like, I feel like I've always been like that. Like, oh, that person would never do that. They looked me right in the eye and said that. But I I guess now we're kind of in a new world. Especially this Dominican thing has scared me, by the way. Yes. It has scared me a lot.
8: Our situation was like a booze cruise. And so they booze you up while you're riding out to the little penned-in area where you can swim with these animals. And there were probably no less than 120 people on that boat. And they're doing that probably six times a day. You could easily swim to the other side of the boat and just been gone, no would have even noticed.
2: Yeah, yeah, there's not like a head count on a No, way not out. at all. That's where the lack <laughs> of all. safety regulation comes into play. Because every one of those, if you go out scuba all diving right. or snorkeling, you t- it's a they it t- put you on one of those catamarans yep, and best. they have coolers full, they're like, Who went tequila shot? They blow a whistle and nope. you're like, I probably
4: shouldn't <laughs> be doing twelve shots of tequila. <laughs> Before with, I scuba dive. It's probably
0: it. M- Molly in those. Well,
4: when you fall into the ocean, you're just chum then, too. You know, if you're drunk and then you like pass out and fall in there, it's like, ah, eh, shark will get him. The ocean. <laughs> you can't
1: fling your arms and legs. You <laughs> and Jack are just floating around. Yeah, there. Exactly. <laughs> What's the no. story about uh, Dominican, though? Was it's a just Titanic,
2: too. The it's tourists <laughs> are getting sick and dying. Just from In the resorts, liquor? their heart
5: stopping. They're they stop
2: breathing.
0: They're they're using a certain. I think it, we talked about this. I think it's like chemical warfare. I don't know if it was on this show or Heartland Radio. Heartland yesterday. Heartland Radio yesterday. Um, they're using a cleaning substance. I think. That is probably a much more efficient cleaning substance. It probably cleans quicker, but I think it has uh, fatality side effects.
3: Yeah, maybe with uranium. Yeah,
0: yeah <laughs> and, and I think it's on the bottle, so when people drink, oh, it gets in their mouth, eek. and they're dead. So it's like you drink out of your straw. Yeah, you. Well, you grip. What? Wa- yes, probably not a plastic one though. Take it easy on a terrible. <laughs> but
1: yeah,
0: somehow a metal straw is better than.
1: Yeah. I don't That's, fully understand that turtles are choking on the metal one new I more. don't I
0: don't fully understand how the metal straw has replaced the plastic straw It sinks to the bottom the plastic one floats that makes sense. Ooh. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're trying to drink a water, which you think is healthy for you, but turns out it's a death sentence while you're on vacation. It's a scary situation down there in the Dominican. That's
8: so- what I never understood either. They tell you not to drink the water there, but then they're serving up all these drinks with ice in them, and they're like, oh yeah, th- no, that's filtered. Well, apparently.
5: <laughs> like, no, no, <laughs> no. I say, apparently, apparently all the resorts have a water filtration system, but who knows? Uh-huh. Nah. <laughs> Trust it. These are I'm the same
0: people that are putting AQ out on a zipline. Yeah. I've yeah.
5: got, I've gotten Montezuma's revenge every single time I go.
3: I don't think I've ever. Tony, gone. what'd you do? Just run out to the ocean real quick? No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs>
5: There's a big difference between going in very, very dark, dark blue slash brown Atlantic Ocean water and
1: clean, clear Caribbean water. You do not shit have the standards. Caribbean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People on their
4: balconies. We can see exactly what you're doing.
0: <laughs> this is crystal clear water. That's why we came here. Well, he's not peeing.
1: <laughs> Come look at this bearded lumberjack.
0: Just spraying. <laughs> Looks like an octopus. <laughs> exactly what it would look
5: like.
0: We didn't go on vacations though, whenever I was a kid. Literally went on zero vacation. So we went to Aruba after my grandma passed. So that was it. But so I never really, every time I go on a vacation, I feel like I'm learning something new, you know, that I, I never really experienced before. And I think I just they're all so nice to you, mostly because you're bringing the money, mm-hmm. so they're all very nice to you. And I'm always just like, these people wouldn't lie to me. No way. I'm supposed to take a Jeep Wrangler right up a fucking straight up hill. <laughs> for sure. For sure I'm supposed to climb this thing straight up like a professional crawler. After. For sure. Flying over a volcano, like 20 feet over an active volcano. I'm sure this helicopter's built for this. Yeah, this Well, isn't...
5: that was in the U.S. I think you're okay there.
0: Uh, yeah, true, but I mean, I'm sure there's helicopters. There's, uh, they
5: there's had one, one
2: crash, one of those... They you, go down remember all you said get the big one, don't get the small one? Yes. It was the small one, the crash. Yeah, you. I mean, that's <laughs> yes. one of the things I think
0: uh, I'm pretty excited. For, back to logic questions we were going to earlier. <laughs> I think if you get an option for a bigger helicopter or a smaller helicopter, you yeah, go with go the big. bigger
2: helicopter. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, in my head. Would you guys do a hot air balloon? Never in nah, a million no. fucking years. I, I, no I couldn't even... All you hear is bad stories. Yeah, those about things go down space. or go into trees. Why can't they the have time? a bigger
1: basket, though? That's only that I never the, the basket's huge. Science, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think it's probably science. It has to be the AUG. That makes
5: sense. Also, the basket is much bigger than you think it is. What do you mean? <laughs> Thanks, have you
0: ever been on a hot air balloon?
5: No. <laughs> <laughs> but I recently watched Yes Man, and Jim Carrey and his girlfriend were in it. Oh, CGI. <laughs> step <back round> <laughs> they could have fit like friends. seven people in that basket. We could cut ties with all the lies that you've
2: been living
9: in, and if you do not want to see me again, I would understand. I would understand. I read the boo.
0: So I wanted to. Um, I drum. I wanted to learn how to play that song.
1: Different a movie. different
0: movie, yeah. Strictly because of that movie. I wanted to learn how to play that song because yeah. he saved a life, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to walk into a local house at the moon and say, give me a fucking guitar. <laughs> <laughs> dumb, dumb. Uh, Murder Mystery, by the way, oh. has broken, Broke. Again. Broke. Broke. Broken?
3: Broken. I was one shattered.
0: Of, I, hey, by the way, congrats to me and Foxy being a part of a record. Mm-hmm.
5: Absolutely. We
0: broke a Netflix streaming record. Yep. And Zito with watching uh, Adam Sandler and Gumpy.
5: What was the record?
0: Biggest weekend debut of any really? Netflix hey. movie in history. Really. It says a lot. Murder, mystery by Adam Sandler, Happy Madison Productions, Jennifer Aniston, mm. and also Netflix made that movie. So Netflix saying that it broke a Netflix record after being a company that Netflix invested hundreds of millions of dollars into might be a little suspicious, <laughs> but I know I watch it. Four people in this room oh, watch yeah, absolutely. it. Absolutely. They beat
5: Sandy? I don't know how. No, no, not the movie, Sandy. Bird Box? Because that movie's terrible. Yeah, Bird Box. Oh, Sandy's shut boss. up! Whoa, whoa. That, that movie's terrible. You, just cross you,
0: you the line. You, you have answered questions today <laughs> about scuba diving, <laughs> hot air ballooning, and now you're taking a logging, shot beneath Logging, Logging. Yeah. He just tried oh, well to slide gosh. it in
6: there,
8: too. He <laughs> thought he was going to get away. And now that. you're taking shots at
0: Sandy. I mean, <laughs> so if, if I have learned anything about this record, it's at Adam Sandler. Still got it, and that's why he's my favorite actor of all time.
5: Mm-hmm. I was just—I uh, haven't seen as much about this movie than I did Bird Box. Bird I will Bob say
8: that's like, impressive, yeah, because there's been, like no pop about it. You just woke up one day and it was on there. There was yeah. no commercials, there were no tweets no means, about it. I didn't see anything.
7: Exactly.
0: And I think it's because everybody knew and expected Adam Sandler <laughs> to put out a heater. Moves Something. the needle. It moves the. Needle. Adam mm-hmm. Sandler gets a million, hundred millions of views every. Don't single discredit
2: year. Jen Aniston. Yeah. Either. No, Jen Aniston no, no, brought can. her fair amount. You brought of Todd views. for sure. Incredible <laughs> writing. Have you seen a movie, Todd? No. <laughs> I'm waiting till <laughs> we can Marnie it. is not there because the I will masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe wait till I'm I, gone I, too. All
0: right. <laughs> well, that's the show today. <laughs> Can't wait to get to Pittsburgh oh. tomorrow, John. Cincinnati, then Columbus. We have incredible guests lined up. We have an incredible show for you. We're so, so thankful. had some heartbreaking news that I broke on Heartland Radio 2.0 yesterday. A business decision had to be made, and we took an office vote, and ultimately, I had to carry the biggest uh, hammer in the jurisdiction, but we were all on the same page here. I had to reschedule the second leg of the Pat McAfee Show Does America Tour. Everybody's getting refunded. Everybody's going to get first access to tickets whenever we do reschedule, and honestly, I I hate that it happened.
2: Remember when Paul Revere was supposed to go out with his wife that night, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they were like, ah, we kind of need you to let everybody know if the British are coming. And he had to go tell her, I'm sorry, I won't be able to keep our plans tonight, and she got so upset about it. He was stewed, too, don't forget. In that perspective. Sometimes it's about the big picture. And
0: also, from what I've heard, that was a great metaphor. But the Paul Revere
2: story is a bunch of sack of shit.
0: Yeah, he
3: was drunk. Well, and that's why they
2: ended up getting divorced because she found out that he wasn't even that guy. (laughs) (laughs) What we're saying is
0: Iowa, Detroit, and Minnesota, we will be there. I am so sorry that we're going to miss it. We're going to delay it. We're going to reschedule it. The show will be better and I'm going to make it right. I promise. Uh, Aside from that, thanks for rocking with us today. Gumpy, great seeing you in the office and in the studio. Ty Schmidt, hit the music.
9: I wish you would step back not less, my friend You could cut ties with all the lies that you've been living in